Mike, turn your games down. Hello there, everybody, to a special episode of Games My Mom, and we do another TV special. I am Mike, and who's that old stranger's over there with me tonight? Uh, this is Peter Ben Bingham Pankratz, author of The Fifth Civilization. And this is uh, first brother Carrie Chandler Carusetta on Twitch and reader of The Fifth Civilization, which is an excellent book and everyone needs to go out and buy. <laughs> too kind, too, too kind. I'm, I, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm loving it, Peter. It's good stuff. Ah, that, that makes me happy to hear it, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> and we are here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the TV series that came out in 2022. Mm-hmm. That I've been waiting been wanting to do this i mean this came out in what may was it yeah may and it did last month in june was it You'll only that it. long it feels like it was months ago it kind of does i actually rewatched. i so i watched it as it aired every week and then i watched it again earlier this week i watched the whole oh. thing all six episodes like in a row pretty much i sort of rewatched it <laughs> you watch a different version of it though which i think is we, we can talk about real quick where you watched a fan okay. of this yeah yeah so there is a uh really cool filmmaker uh named uh what is this kai patterson k-a-i patterson and you can follow him on tiktok under his name uh and i i watched his fan edit he cut it down to two and a half hours and he honestly he made i would if anyone hasn't seen this i would recommend just watch that honestly i think it was better it fixed most of pretty much every problem i had with the show and was still like a really good coherent two and a half hour film I watched it sped up even and still felt like it was really good that way. So definitely recommend that. Um, okay. I could talk about what they changed when we get to those parts. Maybe, sure. Yeah. Because, again, this was originally supposed to be a movie a long yeah. time ago. And then the movie 2013. got scrapped. Which it shouldn't. I mean, the only reason why the movie even got scrapped was because Solo didn't do as well as they expected. Yeah. And I feel like Solo didn't do as well as they expected because of The Last Jedi. So. Solo's a I, good movie. I, I have... My belief is that, you know, if you reverse what happened to Solo and Kenobi, if you make Kenobi a movie and Solo a TV series, I think they both would have come out critically and fan. I think they would have come out better if they both. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think Solo would be a better series anyway. You could have, you know, just Han Solo's adventures, you know, as like a young scoundrel. Right. Instead of just yeah. a heist movie. Yeah. Instead well, I could, of, um, yeah, it's exactly. a movie where we see where it gets see the origins of everything he owns, yeah, including his name. <laughs> yeah, you could have just had like a fun, like you know, procedural. I mean, it's like Firefly, but Star Wars. Yeah, and I think something like Kenobi lends itself well to a movie, and you know, mm-hmm. there's fan. There's been a fan edit of it, of course, but I, I feel like as it as it happens, and I'm sure we'll get to it. It's just kind of stretched out and stretched out more than it needs to be. And two and hours or two and a half hours is a far better time frame for something like this story. Yeah, honestly, it could have been cut down from that, too. Right. So, yeah, it really could have been a tight like 90 minutes and still told the story it told. Oh, yeah, you're 100 percent right, even though I disagree with you because I like what I got. But I, I see I know I I do agree with you. You are. Right. I, I like sure. what I got in the context of a Disney Plus show. I, you know, I put it, you know, below a WandaVision above a Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's kind of one of those situations. Okay. Where it's it's good. It's it's in the middle. I mean, though I like Falcon and Winter Soldier too, but still it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's no Ms. Marvel. <laughs> it's no Mandalorian. It's God eons better than freaking Boba Fett. So I will agree that's on that. not a hard bar to climb, though. No, it is not. Oh, so the joke that I wanted to tell you right before, so we started this a few minutes late. 
But right when I got to my, I'm in a hotel because I'm in Wisconsin, and I went up to my, I went to my hotel room, we're going to the elevator, and then as we're about to go up in the elevator, we we hear some guy talking to the hotel clerk, and he's like, what do you mean you're not going to extend my stay? He's like, well, they were complaining about the girls, and he's like, what about the girls? I can't tell you, and Tiff's like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> we're in the <laughs> elevator, but trying to get out there, like, before we witness an assault, because that's what it looked like. <laughs> And then the, the irony was that my key didn't work, and I had to go back downstairs and then go get my. And then luckily the guy was done talking with him and go get my key, get my key card refixed. So I could get to my room to record this podcast. Yeah, I, I worked as a hotel front desk clerk in college, and man, people people get wild when they go to hotels. Yeah, yeah I guess they weren't done. They did. If she was, yeah, because they were going upstairs into his room for some reason. But I'm like, eh, let's get it. let's get our room and get out of here. Yeah, people get crazy <laughs> with front desk clerks. Pour one out with the service people in the in the world. Yeah. Plus, as a guy who lives in Minnesota who's from Milwaukee, being back in Milwaukee, man, people are rude in this city. I forgot how rude they are in this city, Peter. At least in the south side where I'm at. Uh, I almost got ran over in a Walmart. I had to literally grab Tiff's arm and pull her back because they were going to run her over in front of the Walmart. Well, that, that's, first of all, that's at a Walmart. I mean, <laughs> that's your first mistake. I, yeah, I, so- I I'm from, the, be, I'm from the South. Everyone's really polite. They're just, you know, racist and misogynistic and homophobic. But other than that, hey, as long as you're very white, polite, you're fine, right? Very polite. Yeah. We could have a discussion about Midwestern values at a certain point. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> the Minnesota to uh, Wisconsin, you know, transition is strange, but it is. I mean, I'm yeah. from here, but I haven't been here since I, I haven't really been here since I was 18, 19, and I'm 34. Right. It's weird now. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> Well, just, there's some good people here. There, there's good people here. So oh, I know. Just I was at the ghetto Walmart over on 27th Street for those that are from Milwaukee. So see, there's your there's your second mistake. Yeah, that Walmart is bad, really bad. Uh, you know your Walmart's bad when your Dove soap is locked up. That's how you know your Walmart's bad. That's yeah. That's a that's a level of uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a level of uh, crime. That <laughs> I was like, why is the Dove soap locked up? Like, I get it, other stuff, but the Dove soap, like, really? You had to lock this up? Okay. Okay, Walmart. Okay, and uh, speaking of Obi-Wan. <laughs> speaking of, yeah, speaking of Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. The reason we're here, I had to get that out off my chest, though. Sure. So, I came into the show, like, I was excited for it when it first came out. I've been waiting for this to happen. And then they did drop two episodes on the same day, which I think was a was a good thing just to kind of get you. Because I think it got postponed a little bit. It was supposed to come out earlier in May. But I'm okay that. I don't care they did that. It doesn't matter to me. But I, I like that they did two episodes at once, is what I want to say. Because yeah. it gives you kind of enough to figure out what was going on in the show. And I feel like this show threw a, a huge red herring because everybody thought it was supposed to be about Obi-Wan and Luke. And it really isn't. It's about Obi-Wan and Leia. You find out in the first episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hadn't really heard that. Uh, was that like in the trailers they made it sound like that? or well, Luke is in the trailer. Oh, Leia okay. was not. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I don't I, think... I saw- was the Leia information, was that, like, well-known before the series came out? I don't know. I, as a guy who only watched the trailers and didn't really care anything else, I did not know she was even in the show from the trailers. Right. Neither did I. I don't know, if Carrie, you, you you saw something different before the show, or? Uh, well, no, I, I, I specifically never, ever watch trailers for anything, that I'm, for anything I'm remotely interested in. I, I don't see, I, I went into uh, The Force Awakens, assuming that Darth... Or what's his name? Kylo. <laughs> Kylo Ren was Luke Skywalker. That that's oh. how that's how much I keep myself in the dark on things I care about. Wow. Yeah. That's so. Well, I said I went into that the the night before I was supposed to see it. The Nerdist posted a screenshot of him without his helmet and ruined it for me. 
So, but I almost made it to the movie thinking that that was going to be Luke Skywalker. So, oh man, that would have yeah, been. Better. I avoid. I avoid trailers. Oh yeah, that would have been a. I mean, yes, one of many things that would have made those movies better. Anyway, so so no, I had no idea Luke. I didn't expect. I was hoping Luke wasn't going to be in it at all. I was annoyed by how much he was in it in the first place. So one of the things the fan edit did a good job of was they had um, one scene with Luke, and that was it. And I thought that was best. So, I mean, this is mostly a Leia show, and I'm I'm okay right. with that. I think yeah, that makes I sense. That I know people. As a, point, I mean, it's a kids. It's makes- a this is a kids show. That's one thing to get across is they really. I feel like the promotional art and what little I did see about it before was like pushing the idea that this is going to be Obi Wan Kenobi's Mandalorian, right? And it's it's not. This is live action Star Wars Rebels. This is a kids show for the most part. Right. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like this is very much a kids no, show. A and if you go into it as like this is a fun kids show, then I think the Leia character was great. I thought the actress did a good job. You know, I feel like especially under Disney, but even not under Disney, when Lucas was in charge, uh, Star Wars tends to really lean on references to its past. And they get a little heavy handed with it. <laughs> yes. And there's literally a thing where he's like, you're 10 now, but you won't be forever. It's like, yeah, no, we get it. <laughs> we get that in eight years, she's going to be, you know, yeah, we get it. <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah, that was that wasn't necessary. Like, there I mean, is a I, maybe lot something of you would say to a 10 year old, though. I guess, you know, but, I don't I don't know. But it didn't but bother maybe. me. She didn't. She didn't. Uh, I thought she was good. Um, and I honestly prefer that to it being a Ben and Luke show because Luke in the first movie, he's barely heard of Obi-Wan. He knows yeah, that there's I'm a guy. Kept, he knows yeah. there's a guy named Ben Kenobi who lives out past the Junlin waste. And that is all that as far as we know, he doesn't has never met him. So for them to, for Luke to be in it at all is a little annoying, but if he had been bigger, it would have been bad. I feel like. Agreed. Yeah, there was a, there was an attempt for me when I was watching this show to kind of, you got to have to take your head cannon and say, all right, well, whatever you whatever you thought was happening, I guess it's just been changed now. And I was trying Definitely. not to let that wreck it because there are so many things when I was watching this show and saying, oh, that's not what happened. And that's not what's going on. And, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I just have to accept it. You know, this is the story now and this is what people are going to be told. And it doesn't matter what happened in 1977 or whatever anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think on uh, every time we we do one of these Star Wars podcasts, we always come up against the issue that the first movie was not meant to be some big giant thing. It was right. a Flash Gordon spec script that got you know the serial numbers filed off and turned into its own thing, and that's all. And then they started building sequels, and that the I mean the first sequel is the best. I mean, my favorite movie that's ever existed. So that's great. But then they just keep going. And we got the prequels. And then as the further we get from 1977, the more that original movie has kind of fallen by the wayside. And you just have to kind of accept that, that that he was not in Lucas was never intending for this deep backstory to the things he said The the Clone Wars was an offhanded reference. And, you know, Anakin was supposed to just be Luke's father who was murdered by Darth Vader to give Luke motivation. That was it. So, you know. You just gotta, you gotta kind of roll off it. I think I'm, it doesn't bother me at no, all. No, it doesn't bother me either. I mean, I get it. Like, there's some yeah. dumb stuff, so I completely get it. It bothers me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I think the 
if we're talking about problems, I think the main problem with this show is just what we've said. It should have been a movie. This is a, a problem with a lot of stuff in the streaming era is you've got a two hour story, but you got to stretch it out to an eight hour series or a six hour series in this case. So you got to pad it. And there's a lot of padding in the show. In the show. Yeah. I mean, it's not I as did... bad as some other shows, though, with that. <laughs> like Book, book of Boba Fett? I yeah, do like yeah. the first episode though, like where it really kind of shows you how depressed his life is, his life is and how depressed he is, where you just like he's yeah. working on like some kind of like where they're just cutting up some giant fish or something. And no, it's just... a um it's a crate dragon. Oh, it's a crate dragon? Okay. It's where a crate dragon has died. I mean I, I assume that's what it was. So. That would make sense. They never say yeah. it. But... I guess they don't say it, but I just assume that's what it was. It has that same general shape and size that we've seen in um Mandalorian and and uh other Star Wars media. Yeah, I, that. I thought it was funny because he every day steals some of the food and no one notices. And he doesn't do it in like a sneaky manner. He stands there right out in the open in front of everyone and steals some and no one says anything. And I was like, is he doing like a Jedi mind trick to solve this? But <laughs> we see later that he doesn't really have any control of the force anymore at this point. He's kind of like fallen out of it. So I don't think he was. I think no, everyone wasn't. is just not paying attention to the fact that someone's stealing, which I feel like in that specific job, those guys would be like watching the workers like hawks to make sure they're not stealing. Yeah. But anyway, but still, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was weird to me too because I mean, well, he cleaned his knife. You know, he's just cleaning his knife. He's not cutting off meat and stealing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if he had done it, if he had done some sleight of hand, it would have been a little bit. But it, that's a nitpick. I just was. I thought it was funny that he does that every day. That is one of the things, by the way. The fan edit just has that happen once. In the show, we see it. We see him at that work site at least twice. Right. Yeah, we see him right? twice because it's to twice. show the. Because I think the first scene isn't even Obi Wan, if I remember correctly. The first scene is the Inquisitor showing up looking for a Jedi. Is, is they, that first? Is the first scene the young? Is there a younglings? Isn't there a younglings thing? Oh yeah, you're right. The first scene is the younglings where you see the flashback right. to when Anakin killed everybody because they had to, you know, get Hayden Christensen get some screen time. Yeah, and then we go to the. Inquisitors, I believe. But it's been so long. It's been, you know, a month or two since I watched this. So I'm trying to remember. Yeah. And, but, I, um, and, I, yeah. and I watched the fan edit, which doesn't have that at the beginning. So I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe we see the Inquisitors and they're on Tatooine. If not, if not yeah, there, then soon enough, soon enough, you know, there's um there's like a cantina that they come to and they're looking for very openly talking about Jedi and where the Jedi are. Um, so what's this supposed to be 10 years later? Yeah. You know, it, it, it does kind of bother me and I, I have to, again, dissociate myself from the head cannon, but it seems like they're very open about the Jedi for somebody. They're trying to hide the Jedi and exterminate the Jedi. They're just telling everybody random people at this establishment, like, Oh, do you have a Jedi here? Do you have a Jedi here? And they're very, very much, you know, reminding people that these things existed, which I thought was strange. It goes against. The other stuff where they're like, Jedi, we never heard of the Jedi before. Yeah, it seems like even 10 years later, you know, people would people would be very familiar with the Jedi because these bad guys keep asking about them everywhere they go. And I, I guess <laughs> I don't know how the Inquisitors work, though. Do they like follow force? Like, do they have force sensitivity? So are they on Tatooine because they go to every planet or are they on Tatooine because uh, they know somebody? What, no, well, Tatooine, they, they were there because why. somebody somebody called called them pretty much. Yeah, they, basically they follow they follow rumors people being helped by wandering strangers. Okay. And that bar owner was being harassed by like local crime people. And some random stranger came and helped him. 
And so he, then the Inquisitors come because they're like, okay. you know, the, the Jedi hunt themselves. They can't. It's in their nature to, to try to help. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty good. And so I, I like th- the this Inquisitors. Is one of the, yeah, I like the Inquisitors. Uh, I thought they were cool. Um, this so we should I guess we could mention that these Inquisitors now, do they show up first in the comics or in Star Wars Rebels? Rebels is the first appearance, but in Rebels, they only show in the first season the Grand Inquisitor, and then they only show two other Inquisitors in season two, and one of them is the guy with the round hat in this show. Right. And then the other one is not is only in Rebels. It has a mask on the whole time. And it's a woman, yes. right? Yeah, and so, yes. like, um, I went to Disney in 20—I went to Disneyland in 2018. Yeah, 2018. And uh, there's like a, and of course, I'm sure it's completely different now. This is before they had built the Galaxy's Edge thing. But there's like a show that they do every day in Tomorrowland. And where a, that basically an Inquisitor dressed exactly like that character from Rebels comes out and is like hunting for Jedi. And like your kid can go and be part of the show. We tried to get my son to do it and he was signed up to do it and he got scared at the last minute and didn't do it. So but yeah, so I, I I was I was thinking I was I was just gonna say as if you've been there, if you've seen that, it's the same costume and everything, or it looks extremely similar. It has that same lightsaber with the circle on it on the hilt. The Inquisitors were brand new for Rebels, but then they've been included in the Dark the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith comic, which talks about a lot of a lot more of them and what happened to some of them and they're in some but of the they're video all, games I mean, too. They're in the Jedi Fallen Order, but they're all pretty much killed off by the time we get to A New Hope. Vader kills a bunch of them off, actually, himself. Well, yeah, that's got to happen. So, well, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's interesting. Like, I think they're, I like them as characters. I, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the Grand Inquisitor didn't really need to be in this show at all because it's not really about him. But he's just there for a little bit before he gets a lightsaber through the gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I still don't understand, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Well, then, and then Fifth Brother becomes the Grand Inquisitor at the end, and he's he is in Rebels. Yes. Yes. So is he a Grand Inquisitor also. Okay. He's in Rebels too. Uh, Grand Inquisitor dies in the end of Season 1 in Rebels. Spoiler. But, and then okay. the other two are only in Season 2, and then 3 and 4 are about a different character. And, I don't want to spoil it. And, and Rebels is taking place, like, what, like a year after Episode 3? Is that right? Or No, Rebels is much closer to Episode 4. Oh, oh, so it's after it's, this. It's, it leads up to episode four. If I remember correctly, the shit that happens in the last season of Rebels is like very getting close to Rogue One in episode four. If I remember, it's been a while, so I could be oh, okay. off. It could okay, be a little, so this is, this is in close. between then. This is kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. And now is this... Because Rebels actually has the final scene of Darth Maul in the, in the storyline, and it wraps up his story and puts a bow on it in Rebels. Okay. Yeah, so this is so. taking place nine years before Battle of Yavin, and then when is so <laughs> when is Solo? I wonder. I think it's ten ten years. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, it's concurrent uh, with with this, I think. Which is is great when you think about the relationship between Han Solo and Princess Leia. Then, <laughs> well, that's that's a whole <laughs> thing, right? It is. Yeah, I'm going there. Yeah, this is one year. Yeah, Solo is one year before this. Ooh, best not to best not to dwell on it too much. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not to think about that. I do like I do like I, I like this first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I a big fan. Episodes, I mean, again, I feel like it was it 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 repeats itself too much is my only issue with it. 
Yeah, I mean they did they did extend it. I mean I can see because you, you see that you know with him being on the planet twice doing the doing the dragon thing, cutting the meat up. You see him go to Owen. I like that scene. He goes to Owen and then he's like, here, I, you know, where he brought the stuff for the kid and they throw it back at him and be like, get away. Yeah, and <laughs> like, this you is, can't see the kid. This is our first, like, I would say kind of bigger Easter egg that most people are going to catch is the toy that he's giving him is the model of the <laughs> T-16 Skyhopper, which right. Luke's playing with in A New Hope, in which you uh, you flew first in, gosh, was it? Uh, I believe it was Rebel Assault. Rebel Assault. Uh, Rebel Assault. Uh, Rebel Assault? Yeah, you yeah, fly right. one through Beggar's Canyon in Rebel right. Assault. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that thought, yeah, I thought that was neat. And they kept that in the fan edit. They kept him, you know, bringing the toy and, and Owen, like, smashing it. They kept that. until, And they kept the little thing where he's watching Luke, like, pretend to be a pilot and all that stuff. But, I like, like that, though. I, I thought that was good. And then that is the last time you see Luke in the fan edit, which That's is probably great. Mm. I, I don't know. I'll, we'll well, see, well, no, we'll he shows up at the there. very end. He shows up at the very end again in the fan edit. But what I was going to say, what I thought the fan edit did with the first episode that's really good was this is where I felt like it was too repetitive. So we have the first main scene is the Inquisitors go to the bar and they catch the Jedi guy, right? And then yep. later, they don't catch him. They spook him. Oh, they spook him. Okay. She's about to kill him. And they're like, no, we can't kill him. And it's like, well, why? Isn't that your whole thing? And in the fan edit, they just kill him there. And then. Later, that's the dead Jedi that is hanging in the square, only without a head. And so they cut out it happened because it happens. I mean, basically happens twice. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they, they almost him. catch him. Then, yeah, then Obi-Wan finds him. Obi-Wan tells him to bury his lightsaber. Then the next day he gets he died. He gets caught and dies. And this they switched it up. They had Obi-Wan. They had a meetup of Obi-Wan in the desert. Then they had that scene and he dies. And then you see him hanging. And it was like, bam, bam, bam. It told the same message, the same story, but with way less chaff. I felt like. I feel like the point of it was to to show like how much he didn't like he was trying to divert himself from the Jedi Order and not help yeah. people and not and how like show broke, how much he's, he's really following. broken in this. Like he's just really messed up in the beginning of this of this, and I, I think that was impressive too. It makes it makes sense. Um, you know, like I feel like Obi Wan has good reason to be broken in this show. Or in the Star Wars universe, like he does. Based based on what happens in the prequels, like you can definitely lay a lot of the blame on everything that happened on him. Right. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And I thought I thought it made and a that's lot what of I like. I mean, I liked that they did a whole episode just having him be you know broken and messed up, and I thought it worked well. Yeah, and you have, and I also like it, the fact that I think you get introduced to Leia in the first episode. Also, isn't that when she gets she kidnapped in the first episode? And I, and I, I love yeah. the way they first introduce her, like where they the the girls getting ready, and you find out it's not Leia, it's somebody else because she switched and ran away. I yeah. Like yeah, it makes sense for her for her personality. To do that, yeah, I yeah. felt like it might have been a minor callback to the whole thing with uh, Padme in the first, in episode one too. Oh, if, okay, I didn't think about that. But that, that that's sense. like that's Padme's like whole twist in the first movie. Just, I think everything with with Leia in the first episode was really good. Like when she, like when she thanks the droids and her cousins, like you don't, you don't thank lower life forms. She's like, okay, so I don't have to be nice to you then. Like I love that. Yeah, that so yeah, good. yeah I good. thought that was good. That was that was one of the things they cut in the fan edit that I would have kept in. No. But but yeah, I th- I, I thought I, I liked I liked the little princess Leia. I felt like it was a it was a good job of showing us this this could definitely be the princess Leia we see in episode four. Yeah. It worked well for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I really like her. I really like everything she does. I like the way she acts in the beginning, especially like because everything, if I remember correctly, everything leads to her getting kidnapped at the end of the first episode. Correct? Yes. Yes. By by Flea mm-hmm. from from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Which is then, I think, also is this does Bale come to Obi Wan the first episode or the second episode? Then that he shows up where he Bale's tells him I need episode. your help. Okay, so she okay, so you kidnap yeah, Bale. Yeah, yeah, the, the the very end is Bale asking Obi Wan for help, and and Obi Wan okay, deciding to help, and then he goes. Bale and gets is off. dead in the original trilogy, right? Like he's dead by well, then. Well, no, he gets blown up on Alderaan. Yeah. Oh, good point. <laughs> good uh, point. I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say there's another thing that they it's a very minor thing that they cut, but it was the first time watching the show. They're like, oh, come on. Was when he goes to get on the, the ship at the end. And she's like, and the, the woman, like, you know, the I guess the captain of the ship is like, well, are you coming? And he's like, yep. And he walks toward the ship and pulls his his coat aside. So you can so you and everyone else can clearly see he's got a lightsaber hanging from his belt. And it's at like, the end of the Obi Wan show. because they called the Inquisitors and they killed him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, "Come that on, was, now!" Yeah, you and that's like they cut that from the from the fan edit, and I was like, "Okay, good, good, yes." I was like, I, "It's a cool moment, but he has a weapon that is contraband, essentially in this it's, in this government." You it's can't a shot. It's a big flashing red sign that says, "Come get me." And it's like, why on earth? And, and I, it's just so we could go. Ooh, look, he's got yeah. his lightsaber. Obi Wan's back. Yeah, and it's like, come on, we know <laughs> he's going on the ship. We know what he's doing. We don't need this. Obi-Wan is a little, is far too, far too reckless in my opinion, just because, you know, Alderaan is, you know, supposedly it's part of the empire, but it's not, it might, it's part of the empire, right? But it's not like, you know, a big, it's like a big supporter, but still, even if you, if you go to like a big empire planet, even like a world as, you know, rebel supporting as Alderaan, you wouldn't, I, you would, he's not going to to Alderaan, he's going to whatever that, well, by the end of I mean, he goes out there yeah. later, so. But in general, like, even right. on Tatooine, he should Dying. be hiding his lightsaber. Like, it's not something you want to advertise. Like, I mean, he's buried in the desert. He's He only takes yeah. it out for the camera. And, that, and that's my problem, is it's, it's he takes it out so that he can show the audience, look, guys, I've got my lightsaber. You're going to see some lightsabering in the next episode, I bet. That's that's what it was there for, and, and I found that annoying. But Same. it was what it was a minor thing, but it was... There's lots of little things in the show that you could just you could cut or tweak and it would be a lot better. And that's one of those little minor things. But but yeah, uh, no, Bale goes when Bale goes to him, he already knows where Leia's at. He's like, oh, she's going to be on this planet called Dayu, but I want you to go get her by yourself. I mean, I, I kind of to me, it made sense because they're trying to hide who she is in a way. Yeah. But maybe yeah. You could have sent more than one. You know, your guards. Like, yeah. But it's like a daughter. It's it's also it's like. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's to the audience. It's obvious it's going to be a trap. I, I guess not to. It wouldn't necessarily be an obvious trap to all of them to to the characters, but well, because it wouldn't make sense to capture somebody who is part of the government, like a senator's daughter. I think that makes sense. From, yeah, but it's it's also everyone knows that Bail Organa like worked closely with General Kenobi, so. I don't know. Except, yeah. I mean, when they when they make the comment, they make the comment like Reva says, "I found it in ancient tech or something. I found it in a hidden area. Like it wasn't." I f- which I can kind of believe too that everything was just discarded and destroyed from the. You know, they didn't want people to know about the Republic. She's, so they she a lot says of that. I mean, I, I just remember her saying that uh, 
he they he they served he served her father in the in the Clone Wars. I think she made, <laughs> I think she made some kind of comment where she found it somewhere hidden oh, okay. or something. Maybe I'm adding stuff that wasn't in here, but she makes some kind of comment about it that to me went okay that that fits. But then again, I also have a habit with stuff I like of adding information that makes sense in my head that was in the in the fiction. Yeah. So, so I don't sec- remember exactly, but I she says something. Okay. Well, so the second episode had some cool stuff in it. I, again, it was heavily padded, I felt like, but it still had some really cool it stuff is. in it. I was going to say, so that planet Dayu, when he first gets to... First of all, it's very... Obviously, it's like, we're not going to call it Narshada because we don't want to have to pay the writers who created Narshada, but this is totally Narshada from the Extended Universe. What's Narshada? I don't know Narshada. Narshada is the planet like this that they use in like every video game and like... Dark Forces Oh, dark okay. for- yeah, Dark Forces. Oh, that yeah. where you fight the Bosk aliens, as I called them back yeah, then? Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, you know, it's like CD crime planet with lots of layers. I like I like this planet. I mean, it also it, makes yeah. sense there'd be lots of different crime planets and stuff like well, this. Because okay, I like galaxy. it, but again, it's it's kind of, it stretches the imagination a little bit, because he gets there and he's like asking a guy, like, oh, I was looking for this ship, and his transponders stopped. Trans- and he's like, yeah, transponders don't work here, because we like our privacy. Meanwhile, there's stormtroopers walking the streets this is obviously an empire controlled planet why would the empire let you have a secret smuggler planet the the way that i took it is they block stuff from them but the empire was well aware and tracking everything just fine okay but why? that's how i took it but they just kind of looked the other way but they're not i mean it's not like it makes it you know tatooine is like on the outer rim outside of imperial like imperial like real imperial control that's why they let the huts kind of run everything on tatooine because it's out and they get the same you get the same uh explanation for narshada but then and that would have worked for this one just be like it's a far outer rim planet the empire has no presence here and then have the empire show up when they're hunting him the same way they show up in a new hope on tatooine there's not like an imperial garrison on okay that's the empire shows up that would have made a little more sense. It's just little tweaks like that. Um, but there is a neat, um, a neat little uh, thing here. Girl that is sell- trying to sell him spice. That's uh, Ewan McGregor's uh, niece. I thought it was his actual. Daughter. Or, oh, no, no, it's his daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought that daughter. was that was cool too, where she makes a because one of her lines, you know, because it's kind of more meta than she's like, well, everyone was somebody's daughter at one point or something like that. Right, right, yeah, no, that's it's his daughter. You're right. I was thinking about how he's. Wedge Antilles, uh nephew. Yep. Yeah. No, I like Dayu. I like this episode. I like the whole, mm-hmm. like, the fact that by her giving him the spice, the spice that when he sneaks into the place and he ends up falling for the ambush, he uses the spice to break out and get he out. Squirt, squirts it in Flea's face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was, that was, that was good. Um, I liked, uh, we got to see him do a little hand-to-hand combat in the, uh, and he, he actually does, it's, it's pretty cool, but then he, pun- he throws a punch and it, like, hurts his hand. And that's very realistic. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I also I like, like he that. doesn't want to pull out his lightsaber for a long time. He only uses a blaster, right. which mm-hmm. fits perfectly. He doesn't, because again, he wouldn't, he, the lightsaber he's, should be hidden on him very well, not anywhere you can just grab it because you can't use it. Once you but use he's it. also, he's rejected that part of his past. He like, which, he feels like that, you know, being a Jedi is kind of like what ruined everything. So he, it makes sense it that did. he's going to like hold back on it. I like the scene Commando oh. Obi-Wan again. It kind of reminded me of the Detective Obi-Wan from Attack of the Clones, which is the best yeah. part of that movie. 
Uh, but finally, we get to see him. Mm-hmm. We get to see a little bit of him doing gumshoe stuff. And I, yes. I do appreciate that because we don't see a lot of that in Star Wars, but it tends yeah. to be falling Obi-Wan's shoulders whenever it happens. Yeah, exactly. I like that is also one of the few things I would say from episode two. So yeah. um, I, I also liked uh, I was just going to say I really liked when they come across the panhandling clone droid or clone. Oh, that was oh, good. Clone trooper. That was really cool. They had to give him a job, huh? They had to, they had to somehow get that actor in here. Like, well, I mean, Tamara Morrison. Morrison has to be in one Star Wars thing per year. It's like required. With with a lot of <laughs> with a lot of the recurring actors in this, I wonder. I'm sure that was a CGI thing. I, I bet he just had him in a booth, like oh, yeah. recording his lines. And that's why. Oh, yeah. But that's fine. I, mean, that's I, fine like, I like that concept, and it fits with if you've watched the Bad Batch, which I have not is yet. so. Ba- I haven't finished Bad Batch. My son and I were watching it, and then we stopped to watch something else but in that that's one of kind of like what's going on in that is it's bridging that gap it's saying all right it's right after episode three and it's like okay we're getting rid of the clones replacing them with stormtroopers and you see the clones are being kind of shoved to the wayside and being put on like just like the back burners or just really just displaced and we know that they age really fast also that's been that was the cloning process yeah and so and, and in the bad batch they're already like saying we don't we're we're canceling our contract with the Kaminoans. We don't want these clones anymore. We don't want any more new clones. And then all the existing clones are basically being like kind of forced to play second fiddle to the stormtroopers. And so I like that idea of ten years later, these clones from the Clone Wars are looking like old and broken down, and they've been abandoned. And you think about it, they were basically a slave army. That yeah. it's then just like thrown away, and it's surprising. Just clones. Yeah, I mean, it's surprising the Empire didn't just kill them all, honestly. But I think this is better, like having one of them panhandling like that, and especially if you've watched Clone Wars and how Obi Wan and in Clone Wars they really push Obi Wan as like a military commander working with the clone troopers, and so I think yeah. that ad- that adds to it a little bit too. And you see how much he cares for them in that show. And then having this little scene where he gives him, you know, something, he gives him money, like it, it fits. Yeah. He gives him some, some money. And yeah. I like that a lot. I also, so I always, anytime like Kamel Nanjiani is going to show up in something, I always prepare, prepare myself to hate it. <laughs> and I didn't, I usually end up liking him in, in spite of him. Cause I'm not a huge Kamel fan. I do not like the fake. When he's a fake Jedi with Magnetrix, oh, I, I did that. not like that. I loved it. I loved it. It was it was funny, and it was. I feel like yes, there would absolutely be people doing that. That I, I agree. Have, I just didn't like it. What were you gonna say, Peter? I, I mean, I was just echoing what Carrie said. I, I feel like even though I, I hate that everyone knows what the Jedi are and everyone is well aware of the Jedi, I did like this part because I I do agree that someone would be doing this somewhere. <laughs> and I felt the same way. I was like, oh, Kumail's in this. Like he's in everything, you know. But. I, I wish it had just been this episode instead of oh, yeah. him having an arc of redeeming himself and everything, which I thought was. Yeah. Crazy. Well, see, the thing is, he does redeem himself in this episode, and then that should have been it. Right. He redeems himself at the end, and then she should have killed him. But that is another thing. This show is kind of bloodless. They don't kill almost anyone. Here, Okay, I'm going to say this. And here's my problem with when you do prequel shows. You have to have people that you would wonder what happens, what happens to them. Because in this show, all the main characters, we know they're all going to survive. You know, right. we know everyone's going to live. The only person we really have questions are, are you know, Rava, and, you know, she's a villain, so she's not really going to have our sympathies through most of the series. 
And if you have a good prequel, you have to have people that have, have to have stakes. You can't just be like, oh, these people are all going to survive and nothing's going to happen to them. And this is the problem. I did not have any real suspense in the show because I knew exactly. I knew the fate of all these characters. Yeah. The only characters you don't know the fate of are the new characters. Right. And then they kind of, again, they really, I mean, I, I feel like there's only one heroic new character, one new good guy who dies. Right. Yes, the fake Imperial or the Imperial offer that turned traitor. Them. Yeah, which I really liked. I liked her character, actually. I did, too. I was happy with that. Um, I felt like this show also. Well, we can get to it when we get to the episode. Right. I'll, I'll save it. But I anyway, I, I, I like this episode, but it had it had some against a lot of padding. There's a lot of yeah. them walking around and doing the same thing over and over again. And it just really felt like they wrote a 15 minute episode and then they got a team of writers to sit in a room and figure out how can we stretch this out to 45 minutes. There was some, I do like the bounty hunter parts. All the bounty hunters get the, get the call yeah. to go after Obi-Wan. And there's a dinosaur, a freaking dinosaur looking from the Mario old Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is yes. great. I like, I like that part. They kept that in the fan edit too. They kept the bounty hunters all going, huh? what, what? That I was a good scene. And I yeah. like how Leia finds it and goes, wait a second, they're after you. And then she's like, screw this and starts running from him. Yeah, I, I thought, do not. I, I like that because it, to me it made sense. Like, yes, she trusted him, but, you know, she still didn't really trust him because he's lying to her. And then all of a sudden she's like, wait a second, they're after you. <laughs> so she thought, which makes sense that she thought that her dad had put the bounty on him, not that the Inquisitor yeah. put the bounty on him. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, but I wasn't a big fan of her running from him. And then that becoming the new thing is he's got to get he's got to get her back. And, we got to make and, the episode last longer. The fan episode, the fan did it. What it did was when that came up, he's like, run, run. And they ran. And then they go on the rooftops, they get into the shootout, and he tells her to run. And then she runs, and then she runs toward the edge. She's like, wait, stop. And then she jumps off. Oh, maybe that is. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that. And so it, it, it makes that whole rooftop shootout scene like 20 seconds, which that was one thing. Is That scene was too long. It was like minutes of him just exchanging fire and everyone missing for a long time. <laughs> and Rava standing up there and then doing her Batman flip. And then yeah, that was slowly, but... slowly chasing him across the rooftops and the, all that. And they still kept him saving Leia with the force. And then he c- comes down and she's like, you really are a Jedi or whatever. And I then it goes like... straight to Kamel saving them. And it was I thought it was good. I like that he saved her, though, that because I yeah. think that was a way to really like bond the two characters. And then I know people complain about it, but also to me, it made sense that it can connect with what happened in episode four. That, you know, she knew who he was, so that's why she's reaching out to him. Sure, she's oh, lying. I thought, I thought that was fine. Like, I feel like in episode four, you know, she's got the fate of the galaxy in her hands, and she sends it to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you could say it's like, well, because they were above Tatooine for reasons that don't make any sense at all. But whatever, they were above Tatooine. So that's why she knew there's, oh, yeah, my father knows a guy on Tatooine. I'll send it to him. That's probably what it was, honestly. But you could also... You could also argue that that's why the Tantive Five was at Tatooine in the first place. Yeah. Okay. They left whatever planet. Say what? Wherever they were, yeah, in Rogue One. Wherever they were at the end of Rogue One, they hyper-jumped to Tatooine because she knew Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. And that this adds to that headcanon in a way that is believable, I felt like. So I was fine with that. Episode 2 has a really good moment that really struck with me when he finally, as they're trying to escape and they get the hint from the fake Jedi to go to this carrier because everything's been blocked right. off and the scene where he fights Reva and Reva's like, she's still alive. Anakin's still alive. And his face, the fear that he gets and the sadness, like that was 
perfect. I love that. And this is and I also love that this is how he finds out that Vader didn't die when he left him for dead on the on the volcano. Like, or that Vader is I mean, he's got to know who Vader that Vader exists. Right. Like, yes. Everyone but I, knows, I don't think I always he thought he know knew who Vader was. He does. I don't think he knows until he, he tells him here. Well, right? no, I, I, I do disagree because he saw they watched the security camera footage. And when Emperor Palpatine says, I now Christian you Darth Vader or whatever, he, you know, I now pronounce you Darth Vader because they, they saw, were watching that episode three. So he knows oh, he really? should know that Darth Vader is Anakin. I, I will admit I have oh, seen I Star Wars that. episode three twice ever. So right. I saw it in the theater and then I saw it one more time. When I uh, like ten years ago, I was like, "Well, yeah. maybe this is maybe this isn't as bad as I remember." I was like, "No, it's worse than I remember." Well, so. I I hear to tell you that definitively he knows that Aww. Darth Vader and Anakin are the same person. Because okay, now that ruins uh, that so, definitely does. Yes, uh, I but also I, I wanted to just correct one thing you said when they when he fights Reva. Um, I don't think he fights her. Does he? Does he just hide from her? He just hides yeah. from her. He okay. just hides. He decides, doesn't even pull out his lightsaber. He's <laughs> saved once again, once again, all of the Inquisitors, except for Reva, are the most like super careful. We can't hurt anyone. We can't do anything bad. You would kidnap a senator's daughter. Like they're <laughs> such goody two-shoes. Except for they're such goody two-shoes. And so uh-huh. many times that they stop Reva from catching Obi-Wan. And this is one of those times where they've got Obi-Wan corner and he's like, Yeah, no, stop. No, no, Vader doesn't want this. We don't want this. You're bad. And then it's just, God, this is stupid. I, I, I just felt like that. That was one of the really dumb things to me. And the fan edit did not really fix that. They just shortened it. She comes in there. She taunts Obi-Wan. And then the Grand Inquisitor walks in and tells her to stop. And then she kills him. And then Obi-Wan gets away. And it's still, I was like, yeah, I guess there is no way to edit this into not being dumb. So it's fine. I thought it was weird that she killed the Grand Inquisitor and that to me felt unnecessary because it's like he can't die because he's in he's later on. He's in the show. Well, he's I, in you, Rebels. Well, you know, you're saying that, but I was looking up the Grand Inquisitor and in Rebels I, is um, fifth brother. It's the it's like he, he has the same markings as fifth brother. Pretty, hmm. pretty sure. I, I wasn't that a fan. I feel like that was a fan complaint is that he his head is too normal as opposed to. Yeah, that was, that was a show. big complaint. Yeah. I, because I, I just like was I was curious, and so I was looking up is fifth bro- what fifth brother is in, and it's the yeah it's the like pale guy with the oh no no fifth brothers want the weird headgear yeah oh well the guy at the end the Grand Inquisitor at the end of this show is isn't in the sixth episode isn't that the one from Rebels I thought it was the same sure. guy the whole time it is the same guy yeah it just okay. they never explain how he survives he gets the lightsaber through him. And oh, then, oh, he comes back. Oh, okay. yeah, he comes back at the very end of episode five. Yeah, he comes back at the end of episode five. And, and he's in like, six, too. He, and he calls yeah. her. Yeah, he calls her Grand Inquisitor as he yeah. takes the badge off of her chest. Yeah, he does. Well, she's lying there with a lightsaber through her gut. Also survives. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Qui-Gon's the only guy who got it in the gut and died. So, yeah, um, yeah. Guess it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. There, there are two different characters in this show that get lightsabers through and then Skewered somehow, and then live. Yeah, yeah. I, That's funny. I think it's just. I think it's lazy writing, but it is. Well, maybe because they're both dark side. There's, there's no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, the thing is, it would have been really simple. Just switch those two characters. Right. Just have a Grand Inquisitor at the beginning of this that is not in Rebels that she kills here, and then show the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels becoming the Grand Inquisitor at the end when he helps Vader catch her 
and he takes the badge back. And I say the end, by the way, because that is, I think, the very best change the fan edit makes is Vader Vader kills her and she's dead. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I ruined the end of the fan edit for you, but that is far, far better way to end the show, to end her story in the show. She (laughs) she dies trying to kill Vader like the show made you think happened at the end of episode five. So but I got ahead. We're on episode. Plus we're that going fits to, with Vader. We're, we're out of three. Yeah, three. We're going into three, which um, I has, I think, one of the better characters in the show. Well, three also starts off with seeing, you see Mustafar, which I like seeing right. Vader's cast on Mustafar because right. it's in the comic, too, that I read for the show a long time and ago. In, I mean, it's in a lot of stuff, yeah. I, I just like it. And, I, and this is where you mm-hmm. see she gets promoted to Grand Inquisitor, and you have you have some good, some good moments, I think, where it kind of shows that Vader realizes that obi-wan's alive and is looking for him again and i like it. i also like how obi-wan is so untrustworthy because they get the, the ship lands at this random mining planet or farm planet and like he comments how everything is ruined it used to be great and you know he's telling Leia like hey your name is this and you know this is the story you don't talk and and then she just immediately just dis- you know this is listen listen to what he says and starts talking <laughs> and has a better cover story than he does here's, now yeah here's- I thought it was a missed opportunity for some maybe humor. And I know he's, you know, dissatisfied and maybe gone out with the force, but I felt like at some point in the series, Obi-Wan should have tried to use a mind trick on someone. And it failed. And it fails. Yes. And I kept thinking, this is the part they're going to do it. This is the part they're going to do it. And he I never s- does it. Watching the fan edit after having seen the series, I forgot that he didn't hear. And I was like, ooh, is this where he's going to finally try to use a, a mind trick? Oh, wait, right. nope. No, he's not. He's just going to. He's just going to John Wick his way out of this. I know. I I felt <laughs> a little bit. Fine. It's fine. But why are we watching this guy then? Like, why are we watching Star Wars? We want to see them do some force stuff or try to do this. And we don't just want to see. I just don't want to see Ian McGregor be a commando yeah. or John Wick, you know. Well, I we, get to, try. We, we get to see him fail at, you know, moving things. We get to see him fail at, you know, force pushing and pulling a few times. Right. But that's it. Uh, and the first I mean, really, if you think about the original Star Wars, the first time we meet Obi-Wan, he's making a crate dragon sound that sounds exactly like a crate dragon, which we assume force, mind trick, or something, right? And then the second time we see him use the force, it's a mind trick. Right. And, and in fact, really, and then the next time we see him use the force, it's a mind trick. He tricks those uh, stormtroopers into hearing a sound. Right. You know, so it's like, in fact, we, we really only see him use the force four times and all of them are mind trick stuff. And so, but then we're not going to do that in the, in the series. Even yeah. Once. It, it felt like, yeah, missed opportunity. I did like Freck, the um, alien guy that gives him a ride, but then he's like, I thought you want to want to check these guys out. It's like, Oh, come on, Freck. And you think yeah. about it and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, because this isn't a cartoon and the empire, I think, yeah, the Empire's bad, but not everyone would be like, would hate the Empire. People, yeah, a no, lot of people, and, and not everybody that likes the Empire is a mustache twirling villain. Like, it's just regular folk would just be like, oh, I mean, you know, we're under the Republic. The now world. we're in the Empire. Yeah, it's a different government. It's fine. They're not doing anything to me. I give these guys rides. They're nice to me. And they probably pay him. Like, he's probably making more money he was maybe making before. Like, I can get it. Yeah, I, he's I, a law abiding citizen. <laughs> yeah, he's just a law-abiding citizen, and there's some sh- shady. There's a shady dude with a little girl. Like, think yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it's very much reminding me of Silent Hill One. Have you seen my? Have you seen this girl? Just wandering around telling people that. Like, it's the same idea. Like, yeah. I get it. Why? 
they don't tr- you know they wouldn't yeah. trust him. I, I like Freck too. I thought it was funny, but I agree. He I also like when the stormtroopers get on and he says Leia, and they're like Leia. You said her name was Lola. <laughs> yeah, or L something. That was that made me laugh. I think Lola. Yeah, uh, Luma. 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 Yeah, where it's yeah. like I'm like yeah, like can't even get a story straight. And we can't say Luma because her droid is Lola. Yeah. So I know I liked it. Um, I was also glad that he didn't kill Freck. Did yeah. He, he, he knocks Freck out. He was voiced by Zach Braff, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's funny because, you know, Zach Braff is uh, his best friend is Donald Faison, um, who was in Scrubs of him. And Donald Faison does a lot of Star Wars voice acting. I mean, I at this point, who had this point, there's a big network of people who are probably clamoring to get in Star Wars any way they can. So, yeah. Well, and it, it was funny if you listen to their, I used to listen to their podcast and I just kind of got over it and stopped listening to it. But Zach Braff like doesn't care about Star Wars or know like anything about it. And Donald Faison is like a super Star Wars nerd. Oh, really? He's like super, super into it, reads the comics. He like kind of basically used his, he's like his very minor star power to just bug Disney into letting him be in a Star Wars thing. And then he's a, he's a voice in Rebels, I think. And so he, but anyway, so I, I'm I'm betting Donald Faison was like, "Hey, y- y- Zach, come on, you should do this one." That's kind of funny. Yeah, but I, I like that. Um, and then yeah, he gets rescued by Tala, who I thought was a good character, and she reminded me a lot of. Um, I feel like if you've played, uh, is it, have y'all played Battlefront Two? I have one. No. Like the the new Battlefront series. So Battle Battlefront Two got a lot of hate because it was the it's it's mostly a multiplayer game, and the multiplayer was like super pay to win. You <laughs> yes. had, you know, but the single player campaign is actually a very like good little Star Wars adventure game. And uh, I mean, it's not the best. It wasn't it's, bad. I, I it's, like, no, it's no fallen order, but it's good. And I felt I, I liked uh, I felt like Tala reminded me kind of of the character you play in that. OK, I can see that because she does well, kind of look like her, too. So, yeah, it looks a lot like her uh, similar voice. And and I like that. I would have actually I thought it would it could have been kind of cool if it was the same character even, but I don't remember when uh, Battlefront 2 is taking place. But that would have been a very like neat, vague Easter egg because I don't think very many people played the single player of Battlefront 2. No, most people wouldn't have played it for that. I mean, I did, but most people wouldn't. But I know I, I like that's the I only like thing I liked about it. So. Talia, yeah. what's her name? Tala I thought she was really good. Yeah, I thought she was good. And the only I mean, the only character that they actually let die that's like important her yeah. death was so good which we'll get yeah. there in a couple episodes but oh like this everything i like with her i like how she's like i was coming to get you and like like also like, the first time you see her they're all you know obi-wan is getting down like they're putting their hands up they're gonna about to get arrested and then she just starts shooting people yeah <laughs> like, it was also she tells him to lay down face down in the dirt yeah meanwhile he's got his blaster pointed at the stormtroopers i re- i saw it again i was like wait a minute <laughs> like if you've got a gun in your hand and the cops are like, get down on the ground. And so you start to ease down on the ground, pointing your gun at them. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> no, but the short uh, are stupid. What can we say? I guess but, it was yeah. funny though. And, oh, and then one guy gets cut through the lasers. Like one guy gets like pushed or something happens on the lasers and he, he just falls on the laser grid. Yeah. And half. I'm like, that's, hey, that's awesome. right before she shows up. But yeah, that's quality death. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. And, I, and right I, in front of this 10 year old girl <laughs> sees a guy get cut in half. Well, hey, he didn't bleed because he got caught because he got, you know, incarcerated. Cauterized. Yeah. yeah. So that's OK. Then no blood. So that's all right. And it made sense that there was no blood because he was cauterized. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't know. I was OK with it. I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I really liked it, actually. 
There were a lot of parts of this that I, I liked. I liked a yeah. lot of little random deaths you get. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look at the plot and see see where we're going. There is, you know, Vader does arrive later in the episode um, when they yes, try. This to is when things get, get bystanders good. to lure Kenobi out. And they like kill when him he, too. When he, when he yeah. shows up, he starts just like he like just starts force choking people. Right. To draw Obi Wan out. I thought that was good. That was yeah. That's what he'd do. I yeah, was saying Vaderish. This episode has a lot of little Easter eggs in it. By the way, to the extended universe, to the cartoons. Just FYI, like when they're in that bunker, there's all that Orabesh writing on the wall, and it's got the names of it's the names of it's like Jedi that have passed through there, leaving ah. encouraging messages. And a lot of uh, there's like names of Jedi that are in the cartoons and stuff. And she uh, she mentions that she worked with Quinlan Voss, who's a character from Clone Wars. So I thought, yeah, that was. I mean, that's it. but they don't throw it in your face. I feel like, and I thought that's the best part is that you've got to like kind of you know up. you know. Yeah, yeah. Or even then, you wouldn't know unless you read Orabesh. So you got to like look it up. <laughs> but you know, like when she says the thing about Quinlan Voss, then you'd be like, oh yeah, if you've watched, if you have watched and retained Clone Wars. And this is also the episode when you first find out about the path, which I like about the the people that were hiding forced children, which makes Mm -hmm. sense that there'd be people out there who are trying to protect because they were just killing any kid that was forced into or they kill them or they abduct them and then turn them into Inquisitors or Palpatine clones. Who the hell knows? But they were taking them. So, yeah. And I think the the path is in other stuff, right? I don't remember. I think it is, too, but I can't it's I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure it is. Yeah, I like the idea of an underground railroad type. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, there would 100 percent be that. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course we get uh, the Vader Obi Wan confrontation, <sighs> which end. was fine, but it was drawn out and badly edited. They they had that part where he like runs off the screen in one direction, right, and then yeah. it just looks like he enters the exact same set from the other direction. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not good, and that was again the fan edit did a great job of cutting. Cutting most of that and just having basically the show Obi-Wan run out and get and you know, there's a lot of him running from Vader and then eventually they meet up and in the in the fan edit, he runs and runs right into Vader right away. They have the yeah. little confrontation bam, bam, bam. Right. And that's what you needed, because, again, padding. Right. <laughs> I'm I know a lot of people complain about this fight. They complain that he just he doesn't kill like Vader doesn't really try to kill him. He gets stopped by some fire. I think that was fine. It makes sense that Vader would want to set him on fire after what he did to him. Right. I mean, he said the pain is just beginning or something like that. Yeah. So I have no problem buying that instead of he didn't want to kill him. He also thought he won. So he was just trying to make him suffer. Yeah, this exactly. I mean, Obi-Wan, you want to talk about the most like stone cold, like evil thing that anyone does in the Star Wars universe (laughs) is Obi-Wan fighting his best friend and then leaving him to burn to death in lava. Like, yeah, like he that didn't is, even kill him and finish him. Didn't even right. like put him out of his misery. I'm just gonna let you lay here and slowly die of your burn wounds. It's good that and, they did finally address that and say, yeah. "Oh, this is a dick thing you did." Yeah, this was awful. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he really should just kill them and finished it. Yeah, well, I yes, mean, but then we wouldn't. That's the problem with prequels, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's why the only good prequels are prequels that don't involve anyone from the original property, whatever it is. When you do a prequel, it's got to be divorce. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is the best Star Wars prequel. Because it's so far away. I, because I it's, will, it, yeah. I just will add, you can do it. I don't know if anybody watches Better Call Saul, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You have you have a few characters you know, and then you have like three or four characters who don't know the fate of. So your whole show, you're like, well, I know what happens to you know person X, but character X, Y, and Z, I don't know what's going to happen to them. So they could meet a horrible death, but I guess I'll have to keep watching to find out. Well, and so. every single character in Better Call Saul that's also in Breaking Bad is a extremely minor character in Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah. Except for you know two of there's there's two there's two villains from Breaking Bad that are also in yeah. Better Call Saul that are that are actually major characters, but other than that, and so yeah, you watch Better Call Saul. There's lots of characters to care about, right? That you don't know what's going to happen, and the handful you do, you know where they're going to eventually end up, but you don't know how they got there, right? And I because think- they're such minor characters that that stuff had not been filled out yet the way it has for all these others, so. Yeah, for as prequels go, that's probably like one of the primo prequels. A lot of times, oh uh, yeah, like yeah. like when you try to do this, it's it's you're just setting up. You know, this character has to live because they're in part two. You know, you know, it's hard yeah. to do a good prequel. You lack any stakes. There's right. no. I mean, that that is the thing. You know, Leia's going to live. You know, Obi Wan's going to live. I mean, you know, Obi Wan's not only going to live when he gets set on fire. You know, he's going to get healed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it has to. I mean, you know, Everything. Luke is going to live later on when that comes up. Depending yeah. on which edit you watch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, yeah, I, I, I was fine with this part. Um, I liked it. I, I, I will. I really like the the loader droid. I like the whole concept of that as when when they yeah. first meet the loader and Leia tries to talk to him and Tala's like, oh, he's a loader droid. They don't let them communicate. And she's like, but what if he has something to say? And then she goes, actions speak louder than words. And. Well, we'll get to it in episode five, but still, I, I feel like you see, I like when he comes and rescues Obi-Wan with her, like Tala and the loader droid rescue Obi-Wan. Though again, I feel like Tala would not have let Leia go by herself. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're probably right, but I'm, I'm okay with that too, because I mean, and it didn't bother me, but I get what you mean though. It, the, the only reason I'm okay with it is because it gives us a chance to visit, uh, what we're going to, where we're going to go in episode four. Right. And so we could, uh, in episode four, they go to Fortress Inquisitorius. Is that what it's called? Which is, that is, that is the, the final level from Fallen Order, right? From Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, it is. It's the same place. And they, I, I feel like there is no way they made this show without having seen Fallen Order or played it. Oh yeah, for sure. I would, because Fallen Order came out. It, it has scenes there are scenes in this that are like extremely, extremely similar to scenes for Fallen Order. And I will say, by the way, I think Jedi Fallen Order is one of the best, I, I would say outside of books, it's the best Star Wars story that's been made since the original trilogy. Really? I really think so. I think it has a really good story, really good characters, good acting. It does a great job. And it has a it has a really good twist ending that I don't, I don't, I'm not going to spoil, but it, it, the final major climax is in Fortress Inquisitorius. And it has, it, it has like, there are rooms that are like exactly the same. There's like, there's things like when he swims there, that's how you go to Fortress Inquisitorius in that game is you swim and then you come up in that room and it looks exactly the same of the little, like, you know, you come up, it's kind of like Metal Gear Solid 2, but Metal Gear Solid 2, too. But uh, you like come up out of the water. And you go up the little stairs and the door opens and there's stormtroopers there and you've got to fight them. It's like exactly and only there's only one stormtrooper in this one, but there's like 12 in that because it's a video game. But still, 
And had a lot of, this, the, this episode got a lot of hate, though. People call this a filler episode. I disagree. I thought it was maybe, I mean, it was one of the best episodes of yeah, the show. I yeah, I'm shocked. But no, a lot of people call it a filler for some reason. I'm like, this isn't, I mean, because Leia gets captured into three and like you have her here. Like, they're, oh, why would he go here? Like, it's a trap. Like, it fits everything this, perfectly. Yeah. It's and the it's first good. episode with suspense, in my opinion. I thought yeah. it, was, it was great. But I will say, you could also have made this the last episode and it would have worked. Right. Very well. Yeah, I, I I really felt like I was wondering if the fan edit was going to do that, and I looked at the time bar, and it was only like forty five minutes in when it got to this part. And I was like, oh well, I guess not. Or it is no, it's about an hour, but it's an hour and a half. And they, I was like, oh really? There's still an hour and a half left? Or there's still, yeah, there's still an, uh, that's what it was. It was an hour in. And I was like, there's still an hour and a half left. Like this could be. I, if I was making a fan edit, I would have made this the final part of the movie. But anyway, but I mean, they need, still it ended up. Stuff. It ended up working Reva. out well, I guess. But five, you could have, so. yeah. There's no way to fan edit that out. But you could have had all of the stuff that happens in episode five could have happened in this episode at yeah. Fortress's Inquisitorious. Because I, I think episode five is the one that is the filler episode. Yeah. Okay. Though, though I mean, good thing, big important good things happen in it, but they take up like five minutes of the episode. I really like episode four. I, I like it yeah, when he like goes down, like the way that you know the imperial officer is sneaking with him, and she's you know you know messing with security so he can get in. And, and how the fact she that he, how she bluffs her way in with yeah. the guy by just like pulling rank on him and just like force a personality gets the guy <laughs> to back down and let her in right. and all that, and then she just sits down in a terminal and starts messing around. She has to she has to kill a guy and all. And I thought it was really good. He's a badass. It, it honestly, you know what it reminded me a lot of also was what I think is probably the best episode of Mandalorian season two, uh, the one with uh, Space Boston guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. where they have to infiltrate facility. Yes. Yeah, where they infiltrate that Imperial facility. It, it had a lot of, it felt a lot like that too with me. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I think whenever you have to be undercover in a, in a base or something, that always adds a lot of tension. Yeah. Uh, whenever and you know they had kind of the added tension of she if she gets discovered and if Obi Wan gets discovered, so there's two potentials for discovery there. Right. We've got two um, of those going on. Yeah. And the and fan just, edit. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the design of the base is really cool. Um, even if it from a prior property or whatever, I, I still I still thought it looked amazing and it, it looked it very did. And evocative. I, and I'm glad, but I'm glad it was because in fallen order that's like my favorite part of that entire video game and it's yeah. a, it's the final like level of the game but it is it's long you're in there for hours because that's and it, it's it's because it's you know it's kind of a dark souls style game yeah um, and it it's just a good scene it I mean, is. everything yeah. i felt was it was just really good like him sneak I mean, oh i also love when he goes down in like the tomb and he's like this isn't a fortress this is a tomb and he sees all the yeah. bodies frozen but, yeah they're so they're in like what they're in yeah, I don't know what they're supposed Maybe to be. Maybe they were in amber because they were saving it. So thousands, millions of years from now, they can get their <laughs> DNA and then clone them, right? And what they're up to? We have like a park, Jedi Park. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is no, I'm pretty sure this is a tomb is lifted from Boromir, but. No, yeah. sure <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about, I forgot yeah. about that scene, but you are right. That is. No, mine is a tomb. This is a tomb. Yeah, that is, that is true. I wasn't sure. It was just like, why were they? It, yeah, it's just like a cloning facility. Do they do they take these? Do, are they creating clone Jedi, a uh, clone Sith from Jedi DNA? Is it a museum? Like, is it supposed to be like? I mean, is this I guess like a trophy room? 
Yeah. <laughs> is that what it's supposed to be? Like, it's like a trophy for the Inquisitors. Because this is, I guess. Uh, it's Fortress okay. Inquisitorious, so I assume this is where they train Inquisitors. And I know that is what it is in, in the game. You go there and there's like, uh, there's like sparring rooms and uh, there's a bunch of Inquisitors there. But well, not it's a also bunch. in like the comic. This is where they train them. Because this place is also in the comic. In the, I'm pretty sure it's in the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of Sith comic. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I was sure that I, I assumed when I played Fallen Order that they didn't get it. They didn't make like, it up make themselves. It up, yeah. yeah, I figured it was. I don't comic. remember if it's mentioned in Rebels or not, because I don't remember Rebels that well. But it's been a while. Yeah. And just, I mean, just everything with like the way he rescues Leia, where he asks for a distraction and then she has to go and, you know, she calls Reva, which is essentially the only way that this whole plan works, even though they're about to kill her. And then she breaks free. But yeah. the scene where the water starts to break and then he has to finally realize that he can use the force and he ho- uses the force to hold back the water like that is yeah, so amazing. good to see him reconnecting with the force again. It is. And it's also what you do in Fallen Order. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't remember very well. Yeah, that is, that is how you escape in Fallen Order is you break the way you use the force to shatter the, the window and then direct the water at the person that's chasing you. <laughs> so, yeah. Is again, I was like, this is has to be a Fallen Order reference because it's exactly what happens. It's even like in the same place. You're in this tube right in front of a door. The door opens. You smash the thing. You throw the water, and then you run. Only in the game, you swim out the hole. But still, <laughs> I, I like. I mean, I also thought it was stupid how the guards run after him and then are all surprised when the water breaks and kills yeah. them all. Well, yeah. yeah, like come on, guys! Like you ran into a room that. What do you think was going to happen? They were hyper-focused. Oh, we didn't mention, by the way, he gets help from these, like, rebel guys. Oh, well, yes. I don't, and, yeah, Colin So We didn't talk about how he goes to the rebel camp when he's healed by the back to tank, and then yeah. right. he convinces them to take him to this place to rescue Leia because they don't want to help him. And I was going to say, I felt like this was an opportunity, by the way. Um, Colin Roken could have been Saw Gerrera, and I think it would have fit. Well, Saw Gerrera is is in Fallen Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, which is, I think, before this happened. Well, yeah. If I remember correctly, Jedi Fallen Order is only a couple years after. And but Saw Gerrera is also in Rebels, too. Well, he's also in Rogue One. He dies in Rogue One. Yeah, so, he's also, I, mean, I think he's in Rebels. He's in Clone Wars, too. He's in, he's in Rebels. He's in Clone Wars. He's in Rogue One. He's in Fallen Order. He he gets brought up a lot, and I just felt like it was it was an interesting. Um, at but first, at I, was, point, I, I thought know, it might be him. At this point in the canon, though, he's way too re- rebellious to what this would be. He's not trying. He's trying to kill everybody at this point already. Well, that's true. Because yeah. he's he goes pretty because so, something happens to him in the Clone Wars. And that's what makes him start to go kind of crazy. And I think when you see him in Jedi Fallen Order, he's already really, you know, gone off the dark side. Well, no, no. In Fall- no, in Fallen Order, he's not right? yet. In Fallen Order, he's pretty nice. He's, he's okay, Rebels. Just, I think he's, he's gone nuts. It's in Rebels that he. Yeah, I think Rebels is where he's first gone. Like. Hardcore rogue, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's and yeah, Rogue One, he's definitely gone hardcore. He's like torturing people, but he's also the one. He's like lost his, he's lost his feet and his uh, lungs. So I need um, to rewatch Rogue One. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I liked Episode Four a lot. I like, I like the end uh, where you know Vader like is like force choking her, and she tells him that she put the tracker on their ship, and so she knows where they're going to be, and that they'll not only. You know, and you see what she was doing. She's like, not only are we going to get Obi-Wan, we're going to get all of the path. The path, too. Which I looked it up. The path is not the path was made for this show. It's a new thing. Okay. there's definitely versions of the path and other stuff, though. But it's just not called that. Okay. 
I also I did. There's a small scene here that I also really like when they're sneaking, like oh the speeders when they first mentioned speeders. We use those for sewage, and I would just laugh my ass off. And like when they use the speeders to attack her, and then she blows up the one. He's like, I got it. I'm. He's like, I we made it. And then he blow his ass up. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, I loved how she's just like with her lightsaber, just like taking this barrage of of stuff and just blocking it all. And I was like, she's obviously going to knock this back, right? And then she doesn't. But then, yeah, she throws the or does she throw the battery or no, no, the, she throws um, it at him. I think I thought the other guy did it. No, I think I it's thought, her. I was thinking it was Fifth Brother like throws it. I'm but. pretty sure she does because Fifth Brother just does a lot of yelling in this show. He doesn't do much action. Yeah, he just complains all the time. Yeah, no, she, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she she throws a, 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 a rectangular explosive at Wade's airspeeder. Yeah, it, it's a good scene. And then sneaking is also funny, like. Where they, you know, he just, well, we want to just puts on a coat and a hat and just starts walking towards the <laughs> dog. And yes. like, people are like, oh, they should recognize him. Okay. When people are in a rush in an emergency type situation like this, people do not pay attention to certain things. And I, I can, I've seen it in real life. People stuff. will not notice stuff like this. Right. Okay. Yeah. But they stick out. It looks like three raccoons in hey, a trench coat. Are like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's like the only two people not in military uniforms. And it's like, obviously, like, not a normal human shape walking through this crowd of all humans in uniforms. <laughs> I don't know. And I think this ends the episode where you find out, yeah, she has a tracker. Vader almost kills her. And then we bring on to episode. Five. And we find out the tracker is, we find out the tracker is Lola. Oh yes. Which is a good payoff because earlier she like grabbed Lola and then, you know, so we saw that she had Lola in her possession at one point. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a good, I thought that was good. Though I thought, I, I think it's also it's another little silly thing about Star Wars. Blue is good, red is bad. You know, so now that Lola's bad, Lola's gonna have a red light instead of a blue light because <laughs> it, it, that was something I was thinking about last night. Is that the original Star Wars? There's three lightsabers in the original trilogy. There's a blue one. There's a couple of blue ones. There's a green one. There's a red one. Right, and because the one bad guy uses the red one, and the two good guys use blue and green ones, then we decided for the next 50 years in, in Star Wars, blue blue means good, blue and green means good, red means bad, except for if it's blasters and then it's the opposite. The good guys always <laughs> fire red blasters bla- uh, from ships, I mean. Right, yeah. X-Wings, A-Wings, all that, they all fire red. TIE Fighters and the Death Star all fire green. But other than that, red bad, <laughs> red bad. And if you're a bad, and to the point that there's been some really stupid extended universe stuff, that talks about like, oh, you know, Vader, he had to corrupt a kyber crystal to make it. Oh, red. yeah. It, it's like, no, no, <laughs> just a Darth color. Vader had a red lightsaber because he thought it looked cool. That's all you <laughs> need to have. And there was no reason for every single Sith ever to have a red lightsaber. But they decided that's how it is. And it's just it's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> and this is one of those examples of like, mm. we don't need Lola to grow, glow red to know that she's bad. And I can agree with you that episode five could almost be filler because like the whole point of it is like they go to the rebel, they go to the rebel base. They're trying to evacuate everybody. Lola shuts the gate on them so they can't leave. And then they spend like the whole episode just because I mean, like the Imperials come, Vader comes and you, this, uh, this, oh, this is awesome. When you first see Padawan Anakin again. Oh God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bothers me. Like they had to film a scene where. They have one duel where Obi-Wan and Anakin are doodling, are doodling, supposed to be before episode two, and it just doesn't work for me because... I think it's supposed to be at between episode two and three. You think so? Yeah, because yeah. he looks... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
Okay. It's because just you can already work. you can see the the facade slipping. There's a couple of reasons it doesn't work. One is, man, it does not look like an actual. It does not look right. His face. Right. It well, he, he one Hayden Christian aged a lot, and you're trying to make him look like when he was like in the teens, probably or very early twenties, and it just doesn't work. I mean, I would yeah, rather have just recast someone that looked like him. They should have brought in the guy that did the deep fake for the for Luke and, and Boba Fett, you know, the the fan. Because that looks good. Yeah, he fixed he fixed the bad he fixed their bad job uh, and so well that on YouTube that they gave him a job. They should have brought him in and had him do one here if they were going to do this. I will but say the just... fan edit the fan edit kept this like thing with them fighting and it and it comes back to that at the end of the episode. It kept it, but it cut it down shorter. And in that context, it worked. It worked as a very short basis. I would have rather just had the whole scene, one scene, not here. Here's a little. Here's a little. Here's a little. All episode as he keeps having flashbacks in this one training session. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't add anything, in my opinion, that we didn't already know. Uh, I mean, really, all it did was to show that he, that mercy, that Anakin didn't believe in mercy. And that Anakin right. was restless as Anakin. So their figures can be reckless. So that's what we want knows his plan to work because of this one training session, not the years he fought with him in the Clone Wars, not all the stuff they went through. No, because of this one training session. Well, and I don't even think the training session shows that. They're fighting. Obi-Wan gets disarmed and he says, Ah, see, your desire to prove yourself. And then he just like knocks Anakin to the side and steals his lightsaber. And Anakin's like, Oh, darn, I lost. It's dumb. It's not only is it dumb, but it reinforces this thing that I think the prequels also showed that Obi-Wan is just an asshole to Anakin. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> condescending as hell. And he ends it by going, until you figure this out, a Padawan, you shall be. And then puts his arm around his shoulder and Anakin's like, oh, it's just, I don't know. I, it's just dumb. But this, this whole episode, you could have cut. It, it, the There's only one back. cool scene in this episode. Like well, another dumb part is like they they they're in there they're in there they're trying to blow up the door they're spending all this time with the battering ram cannon and all they have to do is Reva walks up the door when Obi Wan's talking to her and she just cuts the lock and they break in it's like did you yeah. need to shoot the door if you could just cut the lock yeah what was the point of any of this and that's then, like and kicking then, at a door kicking at a door and go oh wait I got a key right here click oh we're in okay it's like what's right. the point and by the way then that heavy cannon. Oh, we're not going to use that now that we've got the door open, though. We're just going to, like, wa- run in and just start shooting. But no good guys are going to die in this shootout. They're all going to get away. Stormtroopers going to fall left and right. That's whatever. Well, some got killed. Some of the rebels did. Yeah, get a couple of them did kill. But it's it's kind of, it's just, I thought that. It's stupid. But is this where you get the good scene where, I keep forgetting her name, but she sacrifices herself with a thermal detonator? Tala, yeah. That, it happens a little after that, but yes. That um, was the only good scene of this episode is where she sacrificed herself with that thing. And I just laugh because, well, I always think of Return of the Jedi where she pulls out thermal detonator and they go, <gasps> and they all yeah. freak out. <laughs> she right. has a grenade. I have to say, I was fine. I, I actually liked Reva. I liked her story here. Um, I really preferred it in the fan edit because of how it ends. But I, I, I was actually fine with this, that she witnessed Skywalker killing all the younglings and she hid among the dead bodies. And basically she's playing a long con. She has embraced the dark side and become an inquisitor all so that she can get close enough to kill Anakin. Yeah. And I, I, I like. really like that. I really like that. But yeah, so then she, you know, she and Obi-Wan have this discussion. Obi-Wan turns himself in and they have this discussion 
right in front of, I mean, there's a stormtrooper like three feet away <laughs> and they just had a discussion about how like, Oh yeah, we're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm using, I'm going to help you. He, I do like this thing. He says, you're not bringing me to Vader. I'm bringing him to you. And she gets this light on her face. Like, Oh, we can work together to take out Vader. And then she lets him escape. Vader gets there or we'll, we see that he escaped. Vader gets there. We get the whole thing with Tala, you know, sacrificing herself. But then when they, when they get to the ship, and they're getting away, and Vader uses the Force to pull the ship back down, and he rips the ship apart to discover it's empty, and then another ship that was right behind it flies up out of it. I just, like, that is so My guess is that he so couldn't do dumb. that twice. It was the one time he, he couldn't do it again. My right, but, but hear me out. Hear Why me out. Sh- yeah. Instead, how about this? They hide the ship? There's only one ship. He's pulling it down, and Reva uses while he's distracted pulling out the ship uses that as the opportunity to cut him down and he has to turn and fight her and the ship gets away because of that how I mean, much I'm better would that have been i'm picturing it in my mind i can i can picture it scene by scene it's so much better than what <laughs> happens i can it picture the been, beats you know, that would have been better they, and i thought the fan edit was going to do that because that was one of the one of my ma- i don't know major but definitely one of my complaints about the show was that scene i was like i thought that was really dumb and the fan edit kept it as is Except that, yeah, so he fights he fights Reva. I thought it was a pretty good fight because at first he doesn't even pull out his lightsaber. He just fights her without a lightsaber, like, yeah. and he's just, like, knocking her to the side. And it's just obvious he's like a cat playing with a mouse. That he's so much more powerful and more skilled than her. Yeah. And then he breaks her, he pulls her lightsaber into two, which, you know, not breaks it. He just detaches it into two and tosses one to her so that they can have a duel. And he fights her. And then, yeah, and then he... He stabs her through and reveals, or he reveals, I knew who you, you know, you think I didn't see you. You think I didn't know who you were. Like I, you know, and I like that whole thing. And then for uh, grand inquisitor comes back and, and takes the badge, which I should, again, I think, you know, better, better writing. It would have been fifth brother comes and becomes grand inquisitor. But, but anyway, yeah, in the fan it. edit, in the fan edit, that's where she dies there. And it that's makes- so much better. I, and I, I I thought that was going to happen, but at a certain point, I was, you know, when it, when Vader started to be like, well, we're going to leave you here. I was like, what are you doing? You should, of all people, should know you don't leave somebody wounded on a random planet and be like, well, I guess that's the end of you. Right. And the show makes you think that she probably is dead and then she comes back in episode six. Well, but, but no, the, but I feel like there, but then there was the. There was the, oh, what's it, Bail Organa's message. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. So they cut to. all of that stupidity out of the, the fan edit. That yeah. was, uh, I felt like that was possibly the dumbest plot hole in the entire show. Was it was. Like, Bail Organa being like, stay, sitting whose kids they were. So I <laughs> guess there's that. His OPSEC is still. terrible. He's like, okay, well, since I haven't been able to get a hold of you, I'm just going <laughs> to go to Tatooine to see about the boy. <laughs> right. Like, what are you doing, man? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Oh, really dumb. I I didn't like it. I understood it, but I didn't like it. It was also obvious it was going to happen because he hands that communicator thing to Kamel, and you see Kamel drop it and not notice that he dropped it. And it's like, okay, so Vader's going to find that. Cool. Just break it. I thought Vader for sure was going to find it, and Vader was going to be the one that goes to Tatooine. And then I'm well, like, that was what I thought, and I was like, "Oh man, is this show going to end with Vader going to Tatooine? That would be the <laughs> stupidest thing that could possibly <laughs> yes, happen." And it, and it didn't. Something else stupid <laughs> happened, but not that. Stupid. 
not the stupidest, but almost. Well, I, so, I like it that Vader never goes back to tattooing in this show because I, I was afraid they were going to do that. And I'm glad they don't, because if he goes to tattooing, then that messes up everything with the entire you know original trilogy. You can't, I mean, that's, you can't go there. That is the entire going back to Tatooine in episode one, uh, like Star Wars episode one, introduced a massive can of worms. Anakin should have been from some random backwater and had nothing to do with Tatooine. <clears throat> and we should have never seen Tatooine ever again after Return of the Jedi <laughs> until the very end of episode three when Obi-Wan brings Luke there. That was the but instead it's like, well, we got to go back to Tatooine and every freaking Star Wars everything for some reason. I Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Thankfully, Vader didn't go back to Tatooine because that would have been really right. Yeah. But that does, yeah, that does bring us to episode mm-hmm. six, which is the, I would say, of the fan edit. This is the one that got cut the most. I think they kept 10 minutes of episode six wow. in the fan edit. Maybe 15. Impressive. And it's so much better that way. They they have... Well, six just feels unnecessary, too, because, I mean, this was kind of like the episode everybody was waiting for, because they were all waiting for the, the thing with Luke. So this was kind of like you had to have your little situation with, where Luke did something at the time in this show, which... Again, I could have done without. We get enough of Luke in in the regional trilogy. Well, oh, and everything talking else. about talking about John Wicking, man, Baru, you know, Baru Lars just like murking stormtroopers <laughs> left and right. Bam, just just quite the yeah. It was man, it was stupid. The, so in the fan edit, what happens is they're on the ship. Luke convinces Kamel to take Leia and get her home, and gives her the little holster and says, "The oh, someday you won't be ten thing." Which I did think was funny because he hands her the holster. She goes, it's empty. And he's like, well, you're 10 years old. I wasn't going to give you a blaster. And then he looks at her and says, but you won't always be 10 years old. And like, you didn't have to leave that. And then he goes off on his own. Vader wants to chase him. Grand Inquisitor's like, but we shouldn't do that. We should chase the path people and cut out this entire path thing. And he's like, nope, we got to get Obi-Wan. And they do. And then they have their duel. And it ends it the way it ends it there. And then we have our denouement of... We see Luke one more time. Obi-Wan gives Owen the toy and says, you're right. He needs to just grow up and be a boy. And then we he goes to Alderaan. Or, or no, he goes to Alderaan, visits Leia, gives her a little back. Then he does that thing with Owen. And then it ends with him meeting Qui-Gon in the desert. And that's a much better way to end the show. But it's not a 45-minute episode of television. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still like this last episode. I like the fact, like, you have a little scene where Reva went to Tatooine somehow before, you know, before him while he's trying to get the, sh- try to distract the ship that Vader's trying to destroy just to kill Obi-Wan. I, I like that. Like, I like this. I like where he's like, okay, if I go on my own little ship and go to this random planet, Vader will yeah. follow me and not pursue you guys, which, again, makes sense because Vader doesn't yeah. really care about the path. He just wants to kill freaking Obi-Wan, which, right. again, after Obi-Wan did to him, makes 100% sense. Yeah, no, that that completely is fine. Him baiting Vader down to the the planet, then fighting him, you know, really using the Force powerfully and smashing Vader's helmet was really cool. And he sees like half Anakin, half Vader, you know. Also, I do yeah. like like um, I like that line where he's like, "You didn't kill Anakin, I did." And then you know the joke be like, "Well, that's what he told me when I told you, Luke. He told me that he killed." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was maybe a little much, but it was fine. I liked his fight with Vader. I felt like yeah. if they're going to have him fight, this was the way to do it. Have them fight, and he schools Vader and then leaves him alone, leaves him alive again because he can't bear to kill his friend because the that's not what the light side is about. And and then when they meet up in you know A New Hope, 
when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master, right? That still kind of works because it's like if they if they fought to like a draw in this episode, well, then that that line doesn't make and the line still doesn't make any sense. Honestly, no, the line, <laughs> the line only makes sense if the last time he saw him, he was a Padawan. But it, you can kind of make it make sense if the last time they saw them, Obi-Wan, you know, beat his ass, which is what happens. <laughs> Obi-Wan just like, like barrages, just like a barrage of like boulders, just smashes him down, breaks his, has him down where he could have killed him, but that would not be a, the Jedi way. And so he, he steps away. And that's, and again, that's the final climactic moment of the fan edit. And it's way better than the final, final climactic moment of the show. Which is Reva on Tatooine. Oh, God. I, I want to talk about the Vader-Obi-Wan fight before we go to that. Oh, okay. That yeah, I'm sorry. fight yeah, go ahead. is something else. And I kept thinking about what you mentioned during our Empire Strikes Back episode, where you like, you know, you have Vader constantly throwing things at Luke, and here you have Obi-Wan just hitting Vader with rocks over and over and over again just to yeah. wear him down. And I'm just like, this is great. I mean, it is it's, such an it, epic There's a duel. symmetry. There's a symmetry to it, you know, as as George Lucas would say, it's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> like, there's um, one scene where Obi-Wan literally lifts up, like, 20 rocks behind him and just starts throwing them at him. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. It was really it was really good. I, I liked it way better than... I think a lot of people like their duel from episode three, which I think is awful. God, <laughs> it's terrible. It. They're, well, well they're, uh, you don't remember it? It's like 40 minutes of the damn movie. I was like, <laughs> lava, there's like lava, the there's like robots and they've gone catwalks and there's all and sorts they're, of they're jumping on the backs of robot, I, uh, flying droids. I think I've only fly. seen that movie yeah. twice in my Me life too. too. And I Me just, and the last time I saw it was before Force Awakens came out and I haven't watched it since. And I'm, yeah, someday. It's, it's not it's, on my list. But it's a thing that people are like, oh, it's a really cool fight. It's like, no, it's not. It's a really bad fight. And this is much better. This is, it was well choreographed. I think it this does. will go down as one of the top fights for, from now on. Because it was, just, it was really good. There is something I, I never thought about. I was listening to a podcast where they were kind of talking about the show. And they mentioned something I never noticed before. But in the original Star Wars trilogy, the lightsabers don't give off a lot of light. Because they couldn't. Because in the reality of that show, they were just sticks. With, yeah. Right? So they don't give off a lot of light. And then in the prequels, this they just are a lot of light. And especially in um, episode two, when Anakin fights Dooku and it just becomes a light show where you can't even see their, their bodies or anything. You see the flashing lights and it was, I, I, it was for an artistic purpose, I guess, but it was bad. And that's just become in this show, the lightsabers are so bright. They're like washing out everything where if they're having a fight in the dark, you can barely see what's happening. And that was my one complaint about this was, they they should have had the the fight in daylight so you could actually see them moving around a little bit. But that's a minor complaint. I still thought it was good, and I really again I liked that part of him smashing with the rocks, breaking his mask. I thought that's a really good like um, imagery to have. Yeah, you, know, you like he's half Vader, he's half Anakin, and but that part of Anakin is damaged, you know. Yeah, and the way the way the voice malfunctions, so it goes into his voice, and you know. Yeah. The, James Earl Jones voice, etc., And, you know, that was, it was a nice touch. It was a subtle touch. Yeah. Th- that's a good point. The voices wavering back and forth between the two. Yeah. The dark and the light, basically. Because, you know, that's a thing that Obi-Wan and Luke had disagreed about, right? Obi-Wan had insisted in, in the beginning of Return of the Jedi that, or 
early in Return of the Jedi, he had insisted Vader, Anakin's dead, Vader is completely replaced him, and Luke had insisted, no, there's good in him. I can I can find I can help him. I can bring him back. And that was that was a really important I think that's a really important theme of Return of the Jedi is yeah. the idea of redemption and that people that you, you don't give up on people, right? And that's the truth. The truth of the light side is is that you can use finding good in people, right? And I thought that's that's really good because we have to see Obi-Wan get to that point of no longer being able to see him as Anakin. And I felt I felt like they did a good job there at the end of that fight with that. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Which is again why I felt like that should have been the end of the show. But still. I, I also like the fact that like he hits it with the hilt of the lightsaber, he hits the chest piece too first. And then Oh yeah. People were also making the comment that the fact that he where he hits him on the head is the same thought where he has a scar in Return of the Jedi now when you see him later on. So they're like, oh, see, this is where he did. I'm like, I don't care, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fine. Didn't bother me. No, it's like other things no. <laughs> it's, that's fine. That's whatever. It wasn't an issue for me. Um, like it could. Right. But that kind of brings us to what I think is probably the worst thing in the entire series is Reva going from her arc of like, you know, working with Obi-Wan to kill Vader and failing to, okay, well, anyway, now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill his son. I'm going to kill his son. I figured out it's his son from very vague information, but sure. I'm going to kill his son, I guess, because as revenge for him killing the younglings, I can't kill him, but I can kill his son. Is that what her thought process is? Yes, pretty much. I, I can't. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. It's stupid. I guess. But she's it's a bad fine. character. But then she's not going to, no, I don't think she's a bad character until this part. And then it's just. They didn't but, know what to do with her. It's introducing, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a second climax to the show. And it's, it's very underwhelming. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah, after, after the big duel, you know, like you're, like you said, that's supposed to be the emotional release of the show. And then they have this little, you know, I don't know, this little side quest at the end. It just doesn't make much sense dramatically. No, it really felt tacked on. It really felt like, it really felt tacked on. And then I was not a fan of Owen and Baru just like commando defending yeah. their homestead. It's, it's like, a, man, they, they really get like, uh, I guess they really lose their edge by, you know, A New Hope. Yeah, which I guess they really lose their edge like eight years later. <laughs> yeah, well, there I, I, I think I shared a cartoon with you guys where it showed them like just like massacre the stormtroopers. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're like, all right, well, we better go <laughs> high. Hopefully Luke will find us. <laughs> and so uh, implying that they didn't actually die. Right. I like yeah. that one though. Yeah. I was like, okay, well that actually would be much better. It would, I guess it would make sense that, you know, they have some training because, you know, it's like a frontier town and supposedly the Tuscan Raiders are, you know, on the edge, but yes. <laughs> to have, I mean, to have both of them be like super commandos and they're what they're moisture farmers. They're not like, they're not, you know, special forces. Yeah, and but o- I think Owen is super opposed to, fight. to fighting also. Right, yeah. I mean, they didn't do that. I mean, they held their own, but they didn't do that great against Reva, but she wasn't really trying to kill them, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know, it was, I liked, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but I get where you're coming from. I also yeah. like how it connects that, this is why he's scared of the Tusken Raiders too, because they <laughs> attacked <laughs> at this time, you know? So I was okay yeah. with that. Yeah, and they, they, what they, he never sees Reva, he never sees, like, Right, he never like sees them. No, no, because he, he falls, right. gets knocked out. Rava's about to kill him, and then instead of killing him, she picks him up and brings him back to the settlement and decides to start. Well, Obi Wan tells her to start her life over, pretty much. Yeah, and we'll never see her again. No, I, I mean, bet she'll, she'll, I bet she'll show up in something, in something soon. 
Uh, I think we had talked about and then before, that's about, she's going to be on an alternate cover of a comic right. next, next month. And then I think then the next part of the show is is about to leave. Oh, he, he, he leaves this cave that he was hiding at in the first episode where he, that was his home. And then he ends up bringing a freaking he, he, he brings the bag. He fixed the tea hopper. He brings it to Owen and then he's about to drop it off. And then Owen says, would you want to meet the boy? Which well, I like other- that he knew. There's a few other things between that. So after after the thing with Reva, it goes to Mustafar and Vader talks to Palpatine and tells him, oh, don't worry, I don't care about Kenobi anymore. I'm, I'm loyal to you. And that's it. And then we get the whole thing on Alderaan where he brings back the he brings back the uh, the droid, which I don't like because I don't think he should be making himself that. That's what I was going to earlier. He shouldn't be making himself that scene on Alderaan in front of everybody. Yeah. It's bad, I, bad OPSEC. They, they could have still done it and not done it the way they did it, is the thing. They could have had, right. like, you know, Leia turns around and he's, like, hi, he's like walked out of the shadows in her room. Right. He's snuck in to give her the droid back. And then he, yeah. and then he leaves. Instead of, like, oh, no, I'm going to land on this pad. We're going to have yeah. a big formal meeting. She even thinks she's dressed up. She thinks that they're meeting some more cousins or something. It's like a state meeting. There's yeah. probably like an itinerary, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, and then it goes. Yeah, you got a point. Setup. It's a little suspicious. And then it goes back to him meeting Luke, and again, the fan edit here just has him talk to Owen and say, "No, you're right. He should get to grow up as a normal boy." And then he leaves, and then it ends with him meeting Qui Gon. Well, you have the small scene I have to talk about where he goes to the boy and he gives him the tea hopper and he says, "Hello there." <laughs> Because earlier when he just says hello, and I, okay, I know it's a stupid thing, but it still made me really laugh to hear him say hello there. It did make me laugh. It should have it come did a too, time. but it, yeah, they could have done it way earlier. They could have done it when the Jawa came and told him he needed to have soap. He should turn and be like hello there. I mean, they could have done it any other time, but it was right. fine. I, I'm okay with it that he said the line. I mean, it was it was for us and as a guy who just watched A New Hope for earlier not too long a few months ago for the show and then forgetting that the first thing obi-wan ever says is hello there i thought they were just always making a reference to what he says in return and every revenge of the sith yeah, <laughs> yeah that too but revenge of the sith is the main one people are like hello there general yeah, that's his catchphrase yeah. a very that's common phrase very common which i did not phrase. realize it's from a new hope i thought it was only from revenge of the sith i didn't realize it's his catch because <laughs> i, I think don't we covered remember this in our new hope episode yeah right yeah yeah um <laughs> but i like that i i thought it was yeah. great just a little thing mm-hmm. and then i like him going off into the into the mountains and then he sees qui-gon and he's like i've been here the whole time because throughout the show we had mentioned this he's talking to qui-gon he's like qui-gon i wish i could talk to you like i need your advice what to do and he's like i've been here the whole time you just couldn't see me i like yeah that. and there's something so that's the thing so in at the end of episode three yoda tells obi-wan oh by the way qui-gon can be a force ghost and you need to meet with him so he can teach you how to be a force ghost so that in episode six, you'll show up as a force ghost. I mean, episode five, you can show up as a force ghost to tell Luke to find me on Dagobah. He doesn't say all that, but that's why that's there. Right. Yeah. Because Star Wars can never leave anything, anything to be a mystery or unexplained. Everything has right. to be explained. And so they had to have that here so that at the end, you can be like, oh, OK, so now he's going to hang out with force ghost Qui-Gon so he can learn how to be a force ghost later. Whatever. I have a hard time thinking that it took him 10 years to activate Qui-Gon, because I felt like that's one of the first things he would have done. Well, I feel like he probably wasn't trying for yeah. most of those 10 years, because he it seems like he's given up on being a Jedi. He's put that stuff out, and he's only... We see him start talking to Qui-Gon once he's back, once he's on this quest. Yeah, I really and, did feel like his whole plan was just to hide out and wait for Luke to grow up so he could train Luke. Yeah. 
And and then I feel like the end of the show, again, I don't think he should have met up with Luke at the end, but him meeting with Owen and telling him, no, you're right. He deserves to grow up a normal life yeah. instead of being, because he has realized like the last time I tried to train a Jedi, I created a mass genocide. So maybe I should, you know, not train Jedi anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that makes sense. And a new hope he's, you know, Luke is way past the age that he should have been trained to the point that Yoda doesn't even want to train him in uh, Empire. And so it makes sense. That I thought I thought that was fine. Him meeting with Qui-Gon in the desert was like, eh, it's fine. It's the last, like, 30 seconds of the shows, whatever. I, I liked it because I thought me. it was a good thing to have. It didn't bother me. And, you know, a lot of people feel like, God, what is his name? The actor that plays Liam Qui-Gon. Neeson. Liam Neeson should have been a Wee-Wan in episode one. And... Ewan McGregor should have been Anakin, would have been better casting and story. I mean, I, I agree. agree it kind of sucks that Qui-Gon got, you know, got murked in the, his first movie because he could have, I feel like he could have been a, a good addition to the Star Wars universe. So I'm happy to see Liam Neeson get a, you know, get a paycheck here. I also, like, I know there were rumors before we got to episode six that they were going to keep this show, that they were going to change the ending so we get a season two. I hope we do not get a season two. This needs no, to be ended. no, no, no. And this needs, nothing that... Obi-Wan again, except for there's one rebel scene with Obi-Wan, which makes perfect sense, but I'm not going to spoil. And then we get to episode four, and that's how it should be. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there should not be another season of this. And I don't think there will be. They definitely did not leave it open to one. Yeah. I could see, I could see them having a spinoff about Reva before I could see them having another Obi-Wan series. I don't think they will, though. I could see her show up in the Ahsoka series, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Which I assume the fans liked Reva, and what I'm reading is that they didn't. So. No, oh God. No, a lot it of people... I, know, I shouldn't have assumed that. It, there was a barrage like, a, a, of racism immediately. I was saying, like, hey, she's black and a woman? How dare she? Right. Yeah, I forgot I forgot how bad the Star Wars fan base can oh, be. Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor had to, had to record a, a video about how sickened he was by this stuff. And it was episode, it had only had been the first two episodes that it aired. It was, it was so bizarre and sad and, and sad. And, but I guess we should have seen it coming. Yeah. I mean, I could see not liking her character after the first episode, but still, I thought but she was good. I thought that the she had a good the, the show. Well, yeah. Same thing they have in the rows. Like people don't like the character. So they assume, Oh, it's the actor's fault. And if you're a woman and a minority, then it's your doubly at fault. Yeah. It's, I, I Rose Tycho is one of the few things I like about that. Right. Last I, I don't have a problem with her <laughs> character. I feel like that the last turn of the character in episode six is dumb, but I feel like her character is fine and the performance is is good. You know, I, yeah. I don't have anything wrong with her performance and I hope she, you know, goes on to do lots of other. Oh, I thought, the, act, I thought the actress was great. Yeah. Mo, Moses in, Ingram, I think is her name. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure this will get her good roles. I hope that she. Yeah, I hope she gets some work out of this because yeah. yeah, I thought she was a, a good actress. Yeah, and and I again, I actually like the character. God, I could even see man throw her in Fallen Order too. Yeah. That's coming. That's coming soon. Probably not soon enough for her to be. Well, in Fallen Order two will take place way before this, most likely. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Fallen oh, no, Order eight, is you know, after episode three, which should be seven years before this happens. Yeah, the first Fallen Order is, but I mean, we don't know what the second Fallen Order is going to be like. But, but yeah, you're, you're right, though. Because they, ha- I mean, they can only do so much with that character because he doesn't show up in A New Hope or any of that stuff. He was never mentioned in Rebels. He's never mentioned anything. So they have to kind of make sure they put him away, probably in some way. Like there's a scene in Rebels where they, they introduce a very prominent character from the Star Wars mythology and they put him away at the end of Rebels because they if you had him 
right, and Pistol right. Forward never would have happened because this person would have just figured it all out and just stopped them before it happened, and the Rebels would have been done. So it, right. it, they do they do stuff like that. So that's what I'm assuming is going to happen with Cal at some point, whatever the hell his name no, is. No, no, you're right. And again, watch damn Rebels, guys. Come on now. <laughs> you're it's just, I, well, that, is, that is something I wanted to I, I did want to also mention is I do feel like there's some Star Wars that's for kids and there's some that's more all ages. And this I felt like was trying to be all ages, but was very kitty a lot. Right. And yeah. one of the reasons I think is very kitty is because a lot of it that it's almost like if Disney wants to make Star Wars and they want to have like a canon, they maybe shouldn't make the cartoons and video games and the comic books canon because there's a certain way you write a movie and there's a certain way you write a cartoon and there's a certain amount of logic that people expect in a movie that they don't necessarily expect in a cartoon. And I don't mean animated because, yeah, you know, you have adult animation, adult oriented animation that has really good writing. But typically cartoons, they're directed at little kids. And so they're not necessarily worried about logic as much as a movie should be. And I feel like when you make things that happen in in video games, far more so, right? Video games have to really stretch logic for gameplay purposes, right? And I feel like when you make things, and this has been a Star Wars problem for a long time, honestly, but when you make things that are in, well, a good example of this, the MCU, right? The MCU is its own canon. And so we can pull little references here and there from the comics and the cartoons, but it doesn't have to be beholden to them. But this has to be beholden to them. And like you were saying, Grand Inquisitor has to come back because he's in Rebels. You know, it's it's a, it's a lot of little stuff like that that I feel like definitely detracts. And that's yeah. to me a little bit. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way, but that does make a lot of sense. It's it's like, how, how much of a corner are you building yourself into with all these properties that are supposed to tell the same story and it's all supposed to make sense? Yeah. I mean, that was a problem before Disney took over with Lucas would make the Lucas, they had like the, what they called like the Jedi holocron, which was a person whose job at Lucasfilm was to maintain the canon. And they would make all the video game stuff canon. And so it's like, but that doesn't make sense, right? Like having there be like, especially like Star Wars and Ice of Old Republic, they made the, a plus five, you know, you're having your lightsaber be a plus five, but you know, things like that, that D and D stuff canon, you know, it's like, Oh, these type of Kyber crystals are more powerful than these type. And, oh, these fighting styles, and oh, there's inc- there's consulars, and, and it's all that kind of stuff. It just muddies the waters. And I think that's why Marvel, I think, does a real... Marvel, which is also owned by Disney, mm-hmm. has the right way of it, is have the MCU is one canon, and the comics are a different canon, and the cartoons are their canon. They're all their own, and they're separated. And now they're br- they're blending them a little bit more with the uh, the multiverse stuff. But I don't know. I feel like Star Wars would really be benefited from not making children's properties the same canon as I don't want to say adult because there's no Star Wars that's for adults. It's all for but some of it is more all ages. Like Mandalorian is not made for little kids. You know? No. Rogue One Rogue One is not for little kids. Uh, you can show a kid Rogue One. I mean, oh my my son loves Rogue One, right? But it's not it's not the same as Rebels or Clone Wars. But anyway, I don't know. That's that's not a fully formed argument. It's just a thought that I've had watching this show kind of it occurred to me a little bit more. Also with Star Wars, like with the comics, for example, like the reason why they connect everything is because it's a great way to market it more and to get you into other properties of Star Wars. 
instead of like because like the Star Wars comics that sell the best are the ones that were like the 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 Marvel Star Wars comics when they brought that back was that the continuation of what happens after Episode Four leading into Episode Five. Like what the yeah. whole run ends up going. It goes all the way there, and then they have another run that goes from Episode Five, I think, to Six. Does not include Shadows of the Empire. Weird, but that's what they're working yeah. on right now. I think I don't read them anymore, unfortunately, but I want to at some point. Yeah, I, I you know I collected comics growing up and all that. And was really into comics. And one thing I've kind of taken away from them is that there's just too many comics. So comics like, you know, I, I feel like comics are great. I love comics. One out of 50 comic book stories are coherent and good. And then most of it is just like kind of outlandish, outlandish craziness. And, it, and it's that's fine because it's, it's it's its own medium. But that that's another reason why I kind of feel like don't make them canon. Make them, you know, pull from them, pull from them. And again, like MCU does, I feel like. It's mainly just Star Wars that really does it. Everything else kind of has their own their own fiction and doesn't as continue as together as much. Oh yeah. Um, any last things you guys want to say about Obi Wan before we go to Shelf Stacker Box? I say let's go to it personally. Yeah. Okay. And Peter, what about you? Shelf Stacker Box. Well, as with a heavy heart, did I say you should keep it in your stack? You know. Wait. Which one's? Is it the box? I put it put it in the box. You know. You know. I don't know what the, the criteria is. The low one. Yes. <sighs> just look. It was fine to watch it once, but I wouldn't revisit it. So whatever one that is, it's it's too it's too uh, it has elements that I like in it, but it's becoming more as there are more and more of these TV series and there's more streaming pseudo movies. It just all kind of blends together for me. And I want to see something do something original or something coherent. And this doesn't do it for me. I like the performances. I liked some of the scenes and some of the set pieces. But overall, I've just kind of too bland, too straightforward, too like everything else that's saturating the streaming market these days. And I didn't appreciate it that much. So Was it better than Book of Boba Fett? It was. It was. But not not many grades better, in my opinion. It was <laughs> okay. it was better that it focused Obi-Wan is a good character and Ian McGregor is a far more engaging performer than Tamir Morris as Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll give it that. Yeah. Okay. And what about you, Carrie? Yeah, um, what I would say is put this in the box, put the fan edit in the stack, not even not necessarily on the shelf. I think if you're going to revisit this eventually, the fan edit is a way better way to do it. You still get the same story, but with a lot of the crap kind of cut out. I did like it overall. It was one of those things where like the further while I was actually watching it, I was mostly enjoying it. And then I and then afterward thinking back on it, I was like, but that was dumb. Well, that was, they didn't need that part. Well, that was dumb. I was checking my phone a lot during that part. It was kind of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's better than Book of Boba Fett, mostly, but not a lot better, honestly. It's, it's I would put it on a similar level to Book of Boba Fett, but a little better because it doesn't have the, you know, the neutrino gang or, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's still, again, we, we talked about the stuff we really liked. I would say, yeah, watch the fan edit, uh, play Fallen Order, better story, definitely. Okay, I'll go last. I'm actually going to put this on the shelf. I really liked the show. And then when I rewatched it again for this episode, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Again, even though I couldn't see a couple times because that was not the show's fault. That's because my room is very lit up <laughs> when I was watching this. But I really enjoyed dark. this. Is, I think I even enjoyed this maybe more than Mandalorian season one. Like, I really liked the show. I, I did. I mean, but I think it's just more that it really echoed to me. I love the way that Leia's portrayed and. I just really enjoyed seeing all this. And to me, it was just amazing. Like it was, I think it was one of, I mean, I just really, really enjoyed it, but I get it. I mean, you guys both have very valuable complaints that make sense. It's just, 
it, it spoke to me for some reason. So I'm glad we watched it. Interesting. I'm glad that we covered it. So yeah, it's going on the shelf, and I would be recommending this to everybody. Yeah. I, I would definitely not tell people to not watch it once. I would just say, don't watch it twice. Right. I'm going to watch it a third time. It's definitely worth I'm actually, when I get back from my trip, I'm going to try to get my wife to watch this, because she was interested, but she doesn't like to watch them until they finish. But I'm 100% ah. going to watch this a third time. Uh, I, I recommend the fan edit for a rewatch. I think the fan edit did a good job of, of cut, kind of paring it down. And you I know, also really Tiff- like Wayne McGregor. A lot. Tiffany's not I, gonna I like Ewan McGregor. Fan anymore, right? I know. <laughs> I know she's not, but I'm going to try I, anyway. <laughs> I, do, I do like Ewan McGregor a lot. Right. I was glad to see, you know, I, I mean, he is easily my favorite thing about the prequels. Uh, I don't like the prequels that much, but he's, I think, the best part of them. So I was like, I like that he gets a chance to be back in Star Wars. Same. I, I really he wish that I wish that Solo had done really well. And so he had gotten um, his movie instead of a series. I felt like the movie would have been better. But, you yeah, know. I, did. I wish Solo would have done better, too. But I'll be saying that for a long time, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we cover that. <laughs> Oh, right. And if you want to hear more Star Wars, well, I'll just go start doing what I do every episode <laughs> for some reason. Oh, uh, we have Star Wars The Last Command, Comic 37, Star Wars A New Hope, Film 29, Star Wars Dark Force Rising, Comic 36, Star Wars Book of Boba Fett, TV 4, Star Wars Heir to the Empire, Comic 34, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 1, TV 2, Star Wars Dark Empire 2, Comic 30, Star Wars Dark Empire, Comic 27, Star Wars Force Unleashed, Episode 115, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2, TV 1. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Episode 87. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Part 1, Part 2, Episode 69. Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Comic 6. Star Wars Shadow of the Empire, Comic 48. No, Episode 48, what am I saying? Star Wars Holiday (laughs) Special, Film 6. Star Wars Republic Commando, Episode 21. Star Wars Dark Forces, Episode 13. (laughs) By the time you hear this, there's actually 20 Star Wars episodes up because... Empire Strikes Back will already be up, and then Obi-Wan comes out shortly after that for us. Yeah, I was going to ask about it when Empire was going up. Yeah, because Ashley Star Wars comes out a couple... Empire Strikes Back I'm releasing a couple days after we record this, and Obi-Wan's going to come out on August 17th, is my plan. So when you're hearing this, is August. So, yeah, you had a month to listen to also that one. Awesome. (laughs) That's my order of stuff at the moment. Okay, and that's, I think... Oh, and Peter, where can people find you at? You can look me up online and find uh, my book, The Fifth Civilization, which is the first of a trilogy. If you like Star Wars, and if you like Kenobi or any sci-fi property, I bet you'll like it too. So check out The Fifth Civilization, available now. I, I, I just I also want to say The Fifth Civilization, I'm really liking it. Um, it gives me a big uh, Expanse vibes also. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like I, I mean, it's 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 got a lot of it's it's its own thing for sure. But I, especially the beginning, I was just like, oh, this is really making me think of the Expanse. So that's, I, that's I that is definitely a compliment. Yeah, I so I'm really enjoying it. Definitely recommend people check that out. Thank you. If I could find my copy, I would read it. Yeah, <laughs> find my copy. someday you'll find. It. No, I actually been meaning to. I've been like, I really <laughs> should read the book that my my fr- my oldest friend that I have, oh, my whole that we met when we were like like seven or so or five. Like I should write, read the book. He wrote hmm, one day. Get it on Kindle. I got it on Kindle. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. I don't use Kindle, but I could, I have a tablet <laughs> someday. And Carrie, where can people find you at? Hey, so I'm Carusetta, K E R O O S E T A on Twitch. Mostly. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm everywhere on that, but uh, I'm there on Twitch. I do. I play a lot of dark souls and dark souls type games. And I also modify and repair video game consoles on there. So can check me out. I, I don't post super often, but that's where you can find me. Oh, 
right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find all our episodes on podbean.com. If you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, we only go back about 100 episodes and we have over 350. I love saying that. <laughs> I really like saying that. So go just to go check everything out there. You will find comics, movie reviews, game reviews. You'll find TV, all sorts of stuff. We, we cover tons of things in this podcast. Whatever the hell I want to cover and I can find volunteers. <laughs> Pretty much is how this show works. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hatsphere. You can follow her on TikTok. Definitely go check her out. She made our music. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. It's where he interviews people about how games affected their life and has a lot of good memories that people will bring up and talk about a lot of games and about how game affected him, too. So definitely go check him out. It's a very well done podcast. And please follow us on Patreon. We have a Patreon for every every month. We have a different Patreon poll. You can vote in there for as little as a dollar and you can help affect what goes on the show. So please go do that and help me. It makes me so happy too. So please go to vote <laughs> and sign up for that just for a dollar. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. Usually within a week of the episode recording, I get it up there. Sometimes same day. It varies on, my, on me, but it's all there for you. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Uh, the force be with you.